life is spiraling out of control, but I still do this podcast. Hello, it's Brandon. I'm Brandon McClure of the Fickner Podcast. This is episode 247. I'm here with Ben Magnet. Back from the dead, apparently. Ryan Eliopoulos. I'm here to be positive. And Sparks Witty. You, you want to turn this into a little therapy session? Nope, let's you wanna, go. You want to talk about that spiral? Well, it's not a really good movie, if I'm honest. Dang, I was also oh. going to make the spiral <laughs> reference. <laughs> Sorry, Chris Rock. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, Man, you could have turned that into something with the book club, Brandon. <laughs> Come on. Meh. All right. Um, we're, do- we're, we're here, though. We're going to be talking about Black Widow. This is uh, the first MCU movie. She's uh, so alive, you guys. In the theaters. After two years. Crazy. Oh, God. It has been two years. Yeah. This July was far from home. Yeah, it was. No, yeah. I'm right here. Oh, boy. Oh, oh boy. Kevin oh. Feige looking at that gap like two years, never again. <laughs> <laughs> Marvel movie every four months. Mar- Marvel. Uh, Maximum. Marvel hates what the pandemic did so, so bad. Like, they probably, they, they cured it. Yeah. Marvel's the one who cured the pandemic. Yeah, I believe it. I like would. A, I believe that Kevin Feige would do that. Yeah, he gave him the money. Um, yeah, well, okay. We're, we're, here we're the so kind of Marvel fans people so would hate. Oops. We said things like that. <laughs> I don't mean it. I know. I forgot my thing because got, we got links in the description. Oh, shit, we do? Yes. We <laughs> have. Two fake nerd watch, fake nerd watches. Two, two, episode four and five of Loki. Oh, that's right. Sweet. Both of those came out this week. We were able to record five early. Look at that. So, just like go. the TVA, time doesn't More matter. More like we were able to record five on time. Yes. Well, time, earlier time, for us. time doesn't matter. Er, earlier for us. Freaking Wednesdays, man. Yeah. Um, so check out both of those. Those are linked below. Um, we also have my episode of conversation. With Michael Hahn of the GD podcast and Mom Fears My Podcast. Uh, I talked to him about his show and uh, being a dad and, and fandom and things like that. It's good, good, Mom, good Mom Fears This Podcast? Yeah. Mm, I like that. It's yeah. a good name. Right? Also, yeah. just for clarification, the GD does not stand for goddamn. Right. It stands for gaming dads. Yes, I should have. That clarified. is confusing. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure intentionally so. Uh, I was trying to think of something, something stupid not, to say with you. I have GD. not listened to that episode yet. I'm one behind, so. Um, well, get on it. No. All right. Nope. Uh, <laughs> not your mother. And well, your mother would not tell you to do a podcast. There you go. All right. Anyway. You're right. My mom warned me about people like you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's that's up right now. And next week, I'm talking to Andy Palestides. I hope I pronounced that right. Bless you. Um, that's a fun one. Uh, the Great Derelict. All right. Ooh. And ben, So the GD podcast. The GD podcast, yeah. <laughs> there it Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just high enough for that to work. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Ben, you have a link in the description. I most certainly do. Your article? Uh, yes, it is. Yes. Uh, last last week? Yeah, last week. Or no, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago was Sonic the Hedgehog's 30th anniversary, and I finally wrote an article about essentially the time I first met and got into Sonic the Hedgehog. So what's, that's what's he like? You met him? Uh, he's he's fast. He likes chili dogs. Beat me by that. I much. really like. I really enjoyed your article, Ben. Um, I am curious, what's it feel like to have been a fan of Sonic since you were one? <laughs> Interesting. Ben, how old mm-hmm. are you? Listen. Shut up. Listen. Came out of the womb, a controller in his hand. <laughs> he constantly <laughs> in the article says, as a fan of Sonic for thirty, 30 for over 30 years. Uh, and I'm like, no, you weren't. <laughs> Listen, some things are just part you of your life. You were a baby. <laughs> this is like ben, did you forget how old you were when you were writing the comic? No, I get it. Like, he was thinking of, like, Sonic has been around for 30 years, so that's what he's referencing. But I'm like... The, the phrasing is like, yeah, I've been a fan of Sonic for, for over 30 years now. For and three I'm like, decades mm, now. Mm, not you personally, but I get it. And finally, Ryan. Hey. You have a link. 
uh, downright annoyed. Oi, I do. We talked about Steamboat Bill, a 1928 silent movie starring Buster Keaton. Oh. Um, we all thought it was just fine. <laughs> <laughs> Not all silent movies can hold up, you guys. That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, okay. Do I have a link? No. Oh. Look for my OnlyFans on Sparks Witty. No. <laughs> 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 Raw it's just puppet action. That's where the puppet comes back is on OnlyFans. Oh my god! You open. Never mind. <laughs> You're considering <laughs> it now. Unfortunately, what have I done? That would either not get any traction or get the or, most or traction, too much <laughs> or, traction, or just get all of the traction. Doesn't just fet- all fet- the stuff. Alive. All the stuff. Yeah. That would be an unfortunate way for this fetish. podcast to get <laughs> recognized. That would be. But we do diversify. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Uh, look for the Picker Podcast OnlyFans. Man, I don't even want to see that. No. Um, all right. That's it. Anyone wants to do their, wi- their week? No. Nose goes? Brandy goes. Uh, yeah, Brandy goes. Brandon. Brandon just been talking. Wow. Yeah, but you like never go first, and I'd like for you to go first. That'd be cool. That's he, because I get tired. I get he dodges the bullet as hard as he can no, every it's, time. It's because I get really winded after saying all the links, then going right into my mm-hmm. week is mm-hmm. yeah, it's weird. It's like awesome. I've been talking. Like, no, I know, and then we talk for another three hours. That's crazy. <laughs> All right, anyway. Um, all right, I'll start with the, with the shows I watched. I finished Godzilla Singular Point. Nice. Nice. Um, uh, that's awesome. Um, Do you know what the show is now? Because last, last time you were like, I don't know what the show's about or whatever. I think intentionally I don't. I think it's supposed to be like you need to go back and, and, and piece things together. And maybe the pseudoscience doesn't always make sense, like purposefully. Like they're trying to just do like Stupid. sci-fi science. Yeah, yeah. But it is really intelligent, um, and I think that it's probably one of the better Godzilla things to come out, um, period. Nice. I really liked it. The animation is great. The characters are awesome. Uh, Zara, who has only seen maybe two Godzilla movies, um, it, it really liked it. So it, it's good for like new and old, and I really like the reinvention of a lot of the characters and things like that. I mean, it's got Jet Jaguar, so how, how, how bad can it really be? My guy. The definitive Jet Jaguar. That's what I like to hear. Is in this show. This should be. It should be Jet Jaguar. Uh, singular point. It's not. I mean, you're comparing it to one other thing, so I'm I not know, surprised but like this is definitive. But it's so cool that like we got the thing in, yeah. in the old days, and now we have like the really awesome, like on point thing. No, I look. I was I look at, at the singular point thing, but I look forward to watching it. I was at Target and I'm uh, the other day, and I was just surprised how much Godzilla merchandise is out there that's not just tied to the new movie. Yeah. Um, just like old Godzilla, like King Caesar is out on, like on shelves, and I'm like. Nobody's buying this guy, but like he's there, and yeah. I lo- and I really appreciate. It that. makes you feel like a kid again. Yeah, back in the old days. Yeah, um, and then I watched Monsters at Work. The first two episodes dropped on I Disney Plus. I can't believe that's out. Oh my god, that's pretty good. I don't have time, man. I just I don't feel like they're promoting it very hard. Uh, get closer to the mic next time. I don't believe they're promoting it very hard. It's 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 okay. Yeah, um, there is a drop off. In animation quality, which we talked about in the well, it's clearly a Disney, yeah, per Disney other animation production. It's, it's not Disney animation. So I need to be careful how I talk about it. A Disney TV animation production, uh, do working off a Pixar product. Yeah, it it doesn't have the charm. It doesn't bring back the charm of Monsters Inc. I think that's From sad because it's all about like laughing. Yeah, not yet. Anyway, I'm sure maybe it gets there, but right now I'm not. I'm I'm, I'm s- not sold. Gotcha. Right. I'm interested to watch it for sure. Um I definitely like what got curious about it ever since uh the Disney shareholder meeting where Pixar like was very specific like this will be Pixar's first television show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh and they were very like clear about that and I'm like, okay. Yeah. So uh, I wonder what separate happened there. those waves, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now they're not. Um 
it, uh, uh, Billy Crystal and John Goodman still fun to have back. Like sure. those, those characters are mm. still a lot of fun. So wait, can you answer my question then? Because sure. like this was the thing when we were watching the last Monsters at Work trailer, where I was like, maybe it's just the trailer. Is are the voices just kind of look off on the animation sometimes? I th- I haven't noticed. Okay, so it probably was the trailer. Probably it was a trailer issue. Yeah. Okay, that's good. That's good. Um, I was hoping it wasn't the animation. Yeah, I I haven't noticed, but I could be wrong. Mm. Um, I'm not. I, I trust your eyes. This isn't a color issue, so that's true. Um, all right. Anyway, I'll watch more of that. I'm I'm not gonna nod, but so far not not too impressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, wa- I rewatched Thor: The Dark World. Solidifies my whole like it's better than Iron Man two. Um. I think it's kind of an easier yeah, I'm watch. Definitely sitting there at this point. It's just kind of an easier watch. I'm not saying it's a good movie, like not even in the stretch, but it's just kind of because it's been reevaluated and because it is it, it is fr- really funny. It's just kind of an easy an easy to just put on movie. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, oh, I'm going to talk about Christopher. Eccleston Directed twice. by Alan Taylor, who did a lot of Sopranos and Game of Thrones, and then made our, one of the worst MCU movies, unfortunately. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's just weird with his I career. Think it's, I think it's also really questionable how much of that was him. Yeah, that's definitely because, around like because the you and I talked about it when we did yeah. the Endgame rewatch, where we're like, these shots are gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. So something is up because I I think that that script just wasn't great, and then yeah. we also know that this was uh, he, uh, he's going to come up later in this episode. So this was also during the time of Ike Perlmutter. Messing around oh. with the movies, boy. So I'm not surprised that that wasn't, yeah, yeah. most wonderful. He's coming up later in the episode. I, I suspect that I will bring him up. At I some will point bring him in up. reference to the Black fact that Widow. Black Widow didn't have a movie until now right. <laughs> because yeah. of him. Right. Yep. Um. Yeah. Okay. But Thor: The Dark World. Tom Hiddleston, especially if you're just watching for the Tom Hiddleston stuff, Tom Hiddleston is great in it. Um. So I I think like you're right when you like hold that. Like they are bottom of the barrel, this and Iron Man two of of the MCU. Pretty much everybody kind of agrees on that. But like, if you hold them next to each other, I do think there's just a smidge more value in the performances and rewatchability yeah. of Dark World against Iron Man two. Iron Man two, the largest thing I think it has going for it is Sam Rockwell. It's not even RDJ. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, look forward to watching Ragnarok this week. All right, I. Uh, Speaking of Chris Eccleston, who was robbed in the Thor the Rock World, I watched G.I. Joe The Rise of Cobra, the first G.I. Joe movie by Stephen Summers. Wait, what is he in, Dar- in G.I. Joe? He's Chromehead? He's, um, um, he's like Destro. The, he's Destro. like the main bad he's, guy we're watching Destro. through that Destro. movie. Yeah. Um, to be, in my defense, it's been years since I last seen uh, G.I. Joe. A decade or so, so I'm sure. Yeah. Came out in 2011. Maybe three decades. Ooh. Or more. G.I. Joe. That's going to be the running joke of this episode now. No, it? it's not. I mean, but it has been a decade, Ben. So, like, I imagine you, the first time you saw it and only time you saw it was in theaters. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, so. no. It wasn't in theaters. It was on TV. Ben into the ben. mic. It was on TV. These oh, mics okay. are so much different, yeah. man. It's crazy being back. Sorry. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh, wait. I anyway, have to get close now. Yeah. G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra is an awful, 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 awful movie. Oh, I disagree. Isn't um, Joseph Gordon Lennon Cobra? Yeah. Let me say, let me just, let me say what I want to, what I want to say real Sorry. quick. Sorry. Um, it, you know, it's, I think Steven Summers has a great eye for action, and I think it shows. But that movie is torn to shreds by its e- by its by the, the studio editing. Mm-hmm. Um, it is clearly like the studio mandated a bunch of stuff. Make it like Iron Man. Make it like Transformers. Make it like this. It's really derivative. Um, where it shines is when Steven Summers is able to bring his voice through, when they're kind of playing a little tongue in cheek. Um, when they're not. It, it's really hard to watch, like when Dennis Quaid is like, and knowing is half the battles. So let's figure out what these guys are. And I'm like, man, I really wish that was a more fun line in this movie. Because Joseph Gordon-Levitt knows what kind of movie he's in, 
and he's having a ball, and he makes that movie infinitely more watchable. He is so good in that movie. And you don't even know it's him. You don't even know it's him. He plays Cobra Commander, as Ben said. Uh, which well, actually, the- he plays the Doctor. Yes. Who turns into Cobra Commander at the end of the movie. Yes, he's because not- it's Rise of Cobra. Yeah, and he's not in the second movie at all. Yeah, I, I heard about that. I'm kind of bummed, because that's when The Rock was yeah. seen as like franchise revival power, so they put him in G.I. Joe, and it didn't work. I, I like both those movies. He is not the reason that didn't work. Well, no, sure. Yeah. Um, there was a different actor who was also, hey, this might revive the franchise, who was the reason that movie didn't work. I haven't seen it yet, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to watch about, it this week. Are you talking about Bruce Willis? I am. He's in the movie for five minutes. I know, and that's, that's why it didn't, it didn't... But they sold people on this movie as a Bruce Willis vehicle with Johnson seconding. <laughs> is it a that's what the trailers were. He, he's, he was a cameo at best, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I know that's what yeah. the movie was. I don't... Rem- okay, yeah, yeah, this is, who cares about you? Joe? You're right. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to watch the second one because I decided I'm going to get rid of Snake Eyes in the stupidest way I know how by watching these live action movies. I um, don't know if it's t- it's it's not tied to those because they're recasted. They recast Snake Eyes. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. And also like character like the Baroness because oh yeah yeah. So like this is a new universe. Yeah. Um. Which is why I said the stupidest way. Yeah. Um. Because otherwise I should just watch the GI Joe. Cartoon. You should just watch the things it's actually based. Yeah. On. But I don't really I don't really feel like it. Um. I'm having fun. I'm having a good like, time with this. I feel one. like at this point you'd have a better time reading some like specific G.I. Joe yeah, comic pr- runs probably yeah. then going People back to that cartoon. Tell me those comics are radical. That's yeah. what that's why I'm saying that. Like yeah. I, I, I think that I think G.I. Joe for its time suffers a little more from the like able to go back to that cartoon than Transformers does. Sure. Um Transformers still does, but I think G.I. Joe has it even worse where it's like that's it's, it's real sticky. Yeah. Uh and it's really hard to get away from. Um anyway, so like I said I really like Jessica Gordon Lovett and it's it I'm looking forward to getting to the second one. I uh so, you know, they're kind of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I think I wanted more to say about that, but I forgot. So it doesn't matter. Oh, uh, Arnold Vosloo is in it. Um, so was one, so of my, yeah, one of my favorite appearances, honestly. Yeah. So is Brendan Fraser. So uh, is Brendan Fraser for a second. Yeah, that's, uh, he he takes over the role of uh, Jeffrey, Jeff, Jeffrey Price. Jonathan Price. Jonathan Price. Yeah, because yeah. he, he plays the president. Yep. Uh, yeah, so... Can't wait for the second one. I'm really excited for Snake Eyes. Speaking of Snake Eyes, that's what I wanted to say. I hate Snake Eyes' design in that first movie. Uh, he looks like a Power Ranger. It's mm. awful. He's got the, like, the 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 lips in the mask, and then like a bodysuit. Like, it's, oh, awful. See, you say when you say, see, I like again. I like that movie because you say it looks like a Power Ranger. I'm like, oh, so it looks like an '80s cartoon. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean that's true. But yeah. even in the '80s, the car- he looked better because the idea was that the mask is flat. He doesn't have lips. Yeah, no, I I, I feel you. It's just like it's like a bad nipples thing. Like it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, I watched Better Luck Tomorrow. Uh, because this is so. This is Justin Lin's second movie. Oh right. Um, this is the first one that has um Sung Kang. Uh, I believe is his name as Han, who shows up in Tokyo Drift and the later Fast and Furious films. Um, the the reason why I wanted to watch it is because Han is the same character. He comes from that movie into Tokyo Drift and then shows up. So it's basically like Han the teenage years, written by Justin Lin. So technically, he comes from that into. Fast and Furious, yeah, right. Fast yes. Five. So, like story wise, yes. Um, but he, you can tell how because he's in high school and Better Luck Tomorrow, uh, and you can tell he's like a hardcore smoker, which is why he gets the chips in the in Tokyo Drift or Fast and Furious. Cute. And you can tell that like um, he graduated high school, met Dom, and then eventually went to fat to Fast and Furious. Cute. Um, like an unofficial spinoff. Yeah. It's really cool. I liked it a lot. It's a really great Unof- team drama. Official prequel. Yeah. Yes, yeah. you couldn't really call it a spinoff because that that's even backwards too, <laughs> too elaborate. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a really cool gritty teen drama um, about these Asian kids in this 
school, like eventually becoming hardcore criminals and doing drugs. Um, John Cho is in it. Oh, uh, cool. He's got a really fun role. I uh, really enjoyed it. Justin Lin's a really cool director. His early movies are worth checking out. Um, I watched, so because of this week, uh, Richard Donner passed away. We'll talk about it in a bit. I watched The Omen. I'd never seen the first Omen movie. Oh, fascinating. Damien, it's all for you. I saw that you watched it and I was like, why did he watch The Omen? I didn't even think about it. I never saw it before. Um, I, and I'm going to, I'm going to watch the Lethal Weapon films and, um, Lady Hawk, is that yep. the one? No, The Goonies. I mean, Lady Hawk's awesome. But right I will though. watch Lady Hawk. But like The Goonies is the next one that I, wanna, that I really want to see. Because I can't remember if I've seen it. I'm going to guess you haven't. It, potentially. I'm, I'm going to guess that he has pretty much seen it, okay. but always in like separate mm. Maybe. That, small that means that he hasn't seen it. <laughs> yes, I know. I mean, I have vivid memories of it, but like no, I just, I don't know. I'm looking forward to watching it, though. Um, anyways, I don't so know what it is about Goonies where that's a lot of people's response to Maybe. it. Because probably their parents watched it a lot. Mm-hmm. So The Omen, um, I've only seen the remake. Um, I saw it in theaters when it came out on June 6, 2006. <laughs> um, we saw that together. We did. So I, I watched the original. That's how long we've known each other. Oh, that was a fun day in high school. Um, I mean, you weren't with us. No, no, no. Just to I clarify, we did not no, know. No, I wasn't going. No, I'm talking about because everyone was, because a lot of the, like, the really hardcore Christian kids were like really freaking out that day for some stupid reason. Yeah, 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 yeah you're right. Sure. And I'm just, and I'm sitting there just trying. I'm sitting there going, like, guys, you forget there's a two in the front, remember? <laughs> of 2006, there's a two. No, but you can't think about that. But they're like, no, but 666. I'm like, ah, oh, you bloody idiots. Well, it does only happen once every thousand years. That means there's multiple apocalypse. There was one year where they, it was actually the year 666. Yeah. Anyway. And, we're f- and look at that, we're fine. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, man, people are going to really freak out in 6,666. I'm definitely going to be here. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Humankind will definitely be here. Oh, yeah. Um, what was I talking about? The Omen. Uh, so I really I really liked it. Um, it's a great movie. Obviously, it's a classic. What do you say about a classic, right? Uh, Gregory Peck is great. I really love the, the twists and the turns of it and the mystery of it all. I really liked it. Um, okay. Really glad I finally saw it. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a great movie. And then I watched Batman: The Long Halloween Part One. This is the first. Oh my god! This is the first part. All these things keep coming out. Right. <laughs> I know. Uh, this is the third entry in their new animated universe. This one introducing Batman. Uh, Jensen Ackles is great as Batman. I really liked his Batman. Um, all the voice acting is really cool. The animation is really cool. Except it's really strange that everyone is animated in the same style that we've seen with Superman: Man of Tomorrow and Justice Society: World War II. Except for Joker, who's animated like he's just walked off a Tim Sale page. Mm. So he doesn't fit, and the animation doesn't fit together. But I think that might be intentional to make him seem kind of otherworldly, um, or they just wanted to use that design. Sure, um, that's the only thing. Otherwise, it's a really cool adaptation of the book. So just to be clear, like it's not that he's animated in a different like style. Sorry, he's not animated mechanically differently he's just stylistically drawn differently yes okay yeah um so so i was picturing like he literally looks like a A comic book interacting with them and i'm like that is a weird choice yeah (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. exactly um it's kind of choppy like the book because it deals with um halloween to new year's eve um and so so you kind of get lost in where sections are taking place because they're all at night Mm-hmm. Uh, so it just kind of leads into l- leads into another. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, really good. I liked it a lot. And you don't have the issues to help you. Yeah. 
No. Oh, this is different. You only know when when the when holiday has killed someone, then it oh. shows the holiday, yeah. yep. and you're like, oh, this has been right. Thanksgiving the whole time. Yeah. Gotcha. Um. Oh, and then finally, I watched the Sparks Brothers, the new Edgar Wright documentary. Um. I nice. did. I did manage to find to find time to go see that. Cool. Last showing in my movie theater. It's on demand. I I recommend it. Um. What's it about? That's so. It's about the Sparks. It's, sorry, Sparks. It's about a, a band that a lot of people don't really know a whole lot about, but they've heard their music and a lot of things, um, and they've seen them in things like I myself saw them in Gilmore Girls, um, and I didn't really know a lot about them. And there's a lot of like mythology around them. Um, for example, everyone thinks they're a British band, so their tagline for a while was the greatest British band to come out of America. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, and they're so basically this. It's all about them and their music and their um and their brothers so it's about them as brothers and they tell their story and then they get celebrities to tell their stories and other s- other musicians edgar wright is a really funny guy there's a sure. real there's a lot of really funny visual gags for example the um the duran duran shows up and so they so it's the two guys from duran duran and then under one is duran and then other the other is duran duran that's good <laughs> so can you tell that edgar wright made it yes yeah that's yeah. cool. Um, it clearly has a ton of passion for Sparks and puts all of that in the movie. That's awesome. Um, what I had no idea what they were, who they who they were, what kind of music they did, because I'm not a big music guy, but I've heard their songs before, and um, I discovered a group of a group of guys who are just uncompromisingly creative and positive, and always trying to. Ju- they do music because they love it and they want to keep experimenting. They don't care if they're popular. They just kind of keep trying. Sure. I just I just mentally realized that we're on camera for a moment, and yeah. um, I want you to know that if you see me moving my arm down, <laughs> he's near Definitely. my lap. I'm petting my dog. Jerk. <laughs> yes. I'm petting my dog. Because <laughs> I just him, thought about what that could look like, and, and I want to be clear that she's just directly under me. Um, Jesus. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, the Sparks Brothers. That if sounds you, cool. I, I do want to watch that. If you mm-hmm. can catch it on demand, I recommend. Cool. Uh, all right, that's me. Benjamin, let's go down the line. Well, yeah, because I got two weeks of stuff to go through. Oh, oh man. Well, you should have gone first. All right. Yeah, so. Y'all uh, got time. We're going to pick the news up in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I, I did nothing again, so it'll make up for it. <laughs> hey, uh, guys, you want to know what sucks? Getting sick? Yeah. You want to know what doesn't suck? Not working? Yeah. N- uh, yep. <laughs> no, bec- I took <laughs> some time off work because I was homesick, and I actually got to catch up on a few things. Um, I finally started Demon Slayer. Hell yeah. That's the biggest thing I want oh, to talk okay. about because that anime freaking rules. I that heard is, that from a I lot of people. I hear it's popular. It, I'm 17 episodes in. I'm almost done with the season. And then I could watch Mugen Train, which is the new movie that came out Bless recently. You. So, yeah, Demon Slayer, um, highly recommend it. Really good. Uh, I remember my friend Inga from Adults Talking Anime Plus. She said the first three episodes are a little bit of a slog. I kind of agree that they're not a slog. It's just that you um, you see what happens, what, what puts the main uh, protagonist, Tanjiro, Onto the road to become a demon slayer. It's just a, it's a little bit long, but it's not too bad. I, I still highly enjoy the show. I would de- the animation and the fight scenes are gorgeous. That's awesome. I I have to say, like having watched a few anime uh, consistently, thanks to my group's anime night over the past year. Um, most anime, I feel like the first three episodes. Rarely do I feel like a show grabs me right at the, right mm-hmm. at the first. Like it feels like they always need a bit of an ease in. Um, like I'm just thinking, the most recent one we watched, VV. Like I did not get into it until the end of the third episode. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I think like even the ones I've really enjoyed, 
usually it took a couple episodes. So that's kind of par for the course of anime, I think. Right. Uh, Unless you're already like really aware of a concept later or something. I think mm-hmm. that's generally what just how it goes. Yeah, but Demon Slayer was definitely one of those animes because I was watching it with uh, Fanny. So for her, she's rewatching it. She's watching it with me, and it's it just got to another episode. I'm like, what time is it? Okay, let's just go one more. What time is it now? Let's just go another one. We I was like, and the episode ends. It's like ah no, I need to know what happens. One more episode. Screw it. Let's just go one more. It's definitely uh just one more before bed when one more turns into like three more. Mm. I love it. So mm. highly recommend it. Uh, besides Demon Slayer, I also finally got back into Super Mario 64. I hey, am almost go. done being that game. Holy How many stars? Sh- uh, 112. Oh, you're actually almost I'm there. On, you're I'm right. I'm on the <laughs> last, I'm getting the last secret star of the castle, and I'm on World 15, which is Rainbow Ridge. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit, I hate the flying. Yeah. I freaking hate the flying cap. I, I know it's on the cover, it's on the box, it's one of the big things when the game was coming out. It's like, you could fly around, it's really cool, you only do it at a few levels, but god damn, do I hate the flying. I, I just hate it. I really do. I'm trying to get the last secret star, and I'm like, I cannot get this goddamn star to save it. my You're life. You're a gamer, Ben. I believe I mean, you. I will eventually, but it was one of those times where I just had to stop and play a different game, which was Metroid uh, or Samus Returns, because mm-hmm. I'm trying to go through all the Metroid games before Dread comes out in October. Almost done with that one. Metroid, Samus Returns. Beautiful. Love that game. Do you guys remember... Sorry, you saying goddamn reminded me of something. Do you guys remember when uh, TV would edit movies and remove God... And not damn. So it would be damn. You want to? F- <laughs> yes. Yes. I was in the car getting my comic books and we were listening to, Fanny and I were listening to Dua Lipa. Yeah. And the song. Uh, Lo- I love Dua Lipa. Yeah. You know the song uh, Love Again where she says, God damn, you got me in love again? Yeah. She told me, she's like, you know what? On, if one of this song plays on the radio, they don't say God damn. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, that's America for you. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it's some, it, it's weird. Some stations will and some stations won't. Fr- really anyway, sorry, weird. Ben. I just yeah. Go ahead. But yeah, uh, Mario sixty four made a lot of headway. I'm on the last. Uh, I'm on the last world, so I'm this close to beating it. And I did a Twitter poll saying, "Hey, should I beat Mario first or Metroid first? They said Mario first, so I'm like, "Okay, gotta beat Mario first. They were right. Um, have it. I will. I will do that. As uh, I will do that, and then move on to Metroid. Uh, besides that, um, also like Brandon said, I wrote my uh, Sonic the Hedgehog thing. That's up on OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com right now. And yesterday, um, thanks to like gaming Twitter, retro gaming Twitter, I got onto one of my uh, friends from Australia's uh, stream. It's uh, yes, right. uh, Alisai AU. Um, she was uh, she's all the way down in Australia. Oi. So for her, it was five o'clock at the, in the evening, but for me, it was midnight. But I got to play Mario Kart Eight with her and a bunch of her fellow Don't streamers. Mean? Don't you mean the cart? Oh, yeah, the cot. I, I, I did a really stupid thing on my Instagram stories. I know the I know. cot. Yeah, I'll show you how we play the cart no. in America. I gotta tell you, Ben. I I jumped in briefly to see you play, and and you were having problems. I was having a lot. <laughs> so of I was problems. like, I'll come back when it's fixed. <laughs> 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 so the good news is, I did make a complete idiot myself. I did win a few races. Nice. Good. I won a few races. I even placed one in a, one of the cups that we had. But yeah, damn, I'm rusty. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean. fair. That's and also fair. the first time, the first cup that like when she opened up the room, so we could all like, so all all our me's are in the waiting room. She decided because originally I was like, oh, we're gonna do a hundred or hundred fifty cc's. No, she's like first cup two hundred cc race. Oh, you gotta get good. No, I was not good. I was very far away from good. You got there though. Sarah and I pretty much play it exclusively on hundred fifty. Nice. Yeah. But is, yeah. That, is that I don't know. No, no, that that's good. Okay, cool. Yeah, 150 is um, 150 is one of the fastest ones. Cool. Yeah, 
uh, but so I did that, and I really enjoyed it, and I w- and I might be doing that again. I don't know if it's gonna be on. I don't know if it's gonna happen this weekend, but eventually, because it was really fun, and I really had a good time. Nice, awesome. And That's also, great. the app right before I left, they're like, "Hey, bring more Americans." So uh, even they were kind of even trash talking me a little. Well, they were trash talking me because it was everyone else from was from Australia, and for mm. the longest time there was like this one solo American flag, and they're like, uh, "Hey, uh, Ben." You want to change that flag and come <laughs> to Australia? And I'm like, maybe. Hey, man, I'll get me a, a Nintendo OLED Switch. If you go to no, Australia, no. we're not postponing this podcast for you. <laughs> no, that's fine. You'll be not in the future. Not a 12-hour. <laughs> no. Well, when we record on Sunday, it'll be a Monday for me. That's amazing. If I'm in Australia. Time zones be wild, y'all. <laughs> yeah, so pretty much that. That's all I did. I went and got my comic books today. I got an even bigger stack to add to my already big-ass stack at home, so mm-hmm. Yay! That's the way it goes. But I've, I got my comics. I've been wanting to get those for a while. Um, oh, I also read the Sonic the Hedgehog uh, 30th Anniversary Special. That's a really good book. It's really fun. Uh, Ian Flynn's story in it, The Seasons of Chaos, the main story in the book, is really cute, really good. Highly recommend it. And that's about it. All right. Beautiful. Ryan? I'm going to pull my notes up because I actually took notes. But that doesn't mean I did a lot. Hold on. I'm just forgetful. Uh, how do notes work, y'all? Here we are. So I have one, two, three, four, five. I have seven video games on here. But they're all for very short periods of time. I played the tutorial of Sea of Thieves because uh, that's a game that's kind of like a live service game that's been updated for years and years and years. And um, there was somebody on Twitter that I was going to play with and we ended up not playing. But uh, I wanted to get into it just, you know, so I was ready if we did play. And that game's really charming. It has a really great tutorial. Like you're talking to, like, a sea ghost. And he's like, ah, here's how you do your ship stuff. And I'm like, eh, this is great. So uh, I'm probably going to get into Sea of Thieves a little bit more. It is, like, a multiplayer-centric game. Like, you can do solo stuff, but it's just not fun being a pirate by yourself, you know? Um, I played two hours, this is the big one, I played two hours of Transformers Devastation. That oh. game is awesome. That game is just a Bayonetta, Devil May Cry, like, uh, uh, action uh, adventure game. Uh, you can pick uh, uh, what robots you want. You can be Grimlock or, like, a Sideswipe or Bing Bong or Tailswipe or whatever. <laughs> um, I'm stoked. I just got that for my Xbox. Hell so yeah. I got that. That was the first PS Plus game I got. Yep. And I, I had no idea how PlayStation Plus worked, and it's, like, download. I was like, do, do I have to pay for this? And then the email came up. I'm like, ah, oh, shit, how much I spent and so I saw 0.00 dollars yeah. I'm like what yeah uh, PS Plus is great um, but yeah that game's like uh, I looked it up and like it's like a 6 to 8 hour game so I can beat that game real easy that's a problem I have with games nowadays like new games like I really like playing games but like I just can't. Not every game ca- can be The Witcher. Like, right. if you're gonna be a hundred hours, the quality has to be there. And for a lot 100%. of times, it's just like it's just not there. So it's nice to have a game that's just like six hours. I definitely want to have a pause menu conversation about like the struggle g- to oh keep God. up with games or get Dude, into games because because gonna, like yeah. th- th- this was a waypoint like. Rob Zachney like recently talked about this on Waypoint where he's like, uh, it's it's real tough when like you know you've got that first like I want that you're chasing the high of the first four hours of the game. Yeah. For like twelve more hours of game where you're just kind of like. So like, and it's like it's content, I guess. I guess, and that's exactly the thing. Like every every RPG wants to be The Witcher, but the thing is, sure. like The Witcher took like five years to make, and like everything is like important. Yeah. Um. Um. Or not only that, just trying to find time to play game to play games. Do you yes. know how happy I was? This also, I played a, a little Knockout City with you guys this weekend. That was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. And or I also, I, yeah, I played Fortnite with you guys too. A little bit. Yeah, little I bit. played a little bit of Fortnite. Do you know how happy I was to actually give time to video games this week? Yeah. Normally, no, it was I great. W- yeah. normally the only day I'm able to give to video games is Saturday give and thanks. today. That's yeah. it. That's what that's what I do most of my Sundays is like catch up for stuff for this podcast. Um, so I did two hours of Transformers Devastation. That game is super fun, and I'm definitely gonna probably beat that game. I played 30 minutes of the PlayStation 2 Ghost Rider video game. Whoa, uh, my gosh. Did you guys know that even existed? Yes. I, I, I did. I, I, I didn't. <laughs> I remember Why? 
Uh, because I might be working on a video series. Um, okay then. Uh, 30 minutes of Ghost Rider PlayStation 2. That game's a God of War clone. Like, literally, like, when you get experience, you hold down the experience bar to fill up a bar to level up, and that's Makes what you do sense. in God of War. And I'm like, uh. yeah, you hit square and you do a chain attack. And, like, it's not terrible, but it's not great. It's, like, totally just fine. So it's, would you say mediocre? I would say, it's like, it's like a six to a seven, but I'm also only at the beginning. So, True. like, it could get way worse. Um, True. I played 10 minutes of X-Men Legends. That's just to make sure that it worked on my computer. Uh, <laughs> that's a game from, like, 2001. It looks like a game from 2001. I remember X-Men Legends. Uh, nice. X-Men Legends 2 actually have played more recently. Uh, that game definitely holds up better than X-Men Legends 1. Um, I played today, I played one hour of Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2 because I was on the PlayStation Store just looking up deals because I buy games all the time that I'm never going to play. Uh, and there was a big sale on the Xenoverse 2 stuff. And it says I purchased a lot of it already. And I remember, right, I played this game like a year and a half ago, probably like 20 hours. Uh, and I have all of this Dragon Ball Super DLC that I never touched. So I just spent an hour just like playing as like Ribiet and like Jiren and Super Saiyan Ultra Goku or Instinct Goku, just like doing some, uh, what if Frieza took over the Ginyu Force or what if this, this and that. And that game's really fun. Um, so I'm probably going to get more into that because there's a lot of DLC. And then I played, oh my god, that's it, Fortnite and Avengers, obviously. Hmm. I read X-Men number one. That's a good comic. I cool. just got that today. It's a good comic. I wouldn't say it's a great comic. I think it's a good comic. Cool. Yeah. Got it. That's me. Uh, yeah. Um, I also made some time for games, so that was mostly Fortnite and Knockout City, and I, I like, stepped into Fall Guys for a second because the season ended. Beep. So I was like, oh, I just want to, like, Check in real quick because the season's over. Yep. Um, as of today, um, but yeah, uh, a lot of what I did is that Megan and I finished Shit's Creek. Nice. Uh, nice. I'm gonna talk about Shit's Creek because I haven't really done that. I've been saying like, oh, I've been watching Shit's Creek. And I didn't really have anything specific to say about it other than like it's an enjoyable sitcom. It's a cool show. Um, I took for granted what that show was doing, which was made clear to me by there when you finish the show. There's a special on Netflix that's about 40 minutes that just talks about the show from the cast from the people behind it and it's a little mini documentary as they were finishing the show that's just talking about how the show kind of like was good but it, it how it b bloomed up into popularity out of nowhere while it was in production um and i took for granted why that show was so relevant for people which is that um in the context of the show technically homophobia doesn't exist um there are characters and like what that really means is that there are characters who are constantly and directly engaging in plot lines of bisexuality or queerness or anything in the in that realm uh and absolutely no character who ever appears on screen um engages in or ever references that that would be unusual um zero not a one uh no character Side character, main character, no character engages in thinking that any of that is out of the ordinary, ever. Um, even the main character, one of the main characters, David, who is bisexual. Um, I don't even know if that would actually be the right term. Uh, I think it might actually be more pansexual than bisexual. But um, the relevant part is that David uh, is implied to have a past of mistreatment. But it's still on the level where it's, like, the amount that any person would be bullied by other people. Like, just if you were bullied, there is no actual designation to say. Like, you can certainly infer if you want, but you're projecting it. Uh, but the show is not telling you he was bullied because of his... Sexuality? Uh, right. Um, 
And that was really important because that created a show where all of these people were allowed to just be themselves and engage entirely in that dynamic throughout the entire run of the show. And it never actually, like, it was a better show by just showing them be people. The, their sexual their sexuality and all of that was never a defining part of their arcs ever because it was never controversial in their past or in their present. Uh, and that, when that was made clear to me, was wild. Um, and watching that documentary, I was like, oh yeah, that is what the show was doing the whole time. Um, so like the show gets a lot of credit for creating a world where homophobia doesn't exist. And that is what it does. Uh, it, even though that wasn't like necessarily the mindset, the mindset was just show them being people. Um, but it created this like, this is what the world could be, guys. Uh, it's a really good show um, for that. Uh, f- just even with that aside, I think it's incredible. They do another thing that I think is really cool where um, Dan Levy, who plays David, and is Eugene Levy's son, he's the main spearhead behind the show. He talked about how, in his mind, building the characters, the absolute second thing he thought about was wardrobe. Wardrobe was the most important secondary aspect to storytelling on the show. And thinking back and the clips that they show in the documentary, that actually made a lot of sense. Um, Everybody's outfits were always so carefully chosen. Literally every character, every single character's outfits were so carefully chosen to represent the way they felt that day what they were who they were why they chose that outfit was always talked about and thought about and like i did look at it and go i never have thought about wardrobe in that way with with other series and like that's something where like just like thinking in terms of the mcu like they don't think about that they don't think about like why is the character wearing this today everything is like deliberate right um and, uh, and the fact that th- those things, like, when you think about it from that lens, it's like, yes, this is absolutely informing on this person. Like, you know, even if it's a reused outfit, it's a reused outfit for a choice. Um, that's pretty wild. Uh, and I, I, I think that that really... I, I don't want you to watch the documentary before you watch the show, because you shouldn't. Um, but I do think, like, having those two pieces of knowledge going into the show are valuable things to be thinking about those things as you're watching it. I kind of wish I had known those two things. Uh, so if you're going to watch Shit's Creek, pay attention to wardrobe. Think about how, why they made those choices. And just recognize that like these are characters who are allowed to just be themselves entirely without any actual controversy over who they are in that way. Um, and that that's right. really precious and valuable. So Shit's Creek, really worth your time. Um, really enjoyed it. That's cool. Uh, I know a lot of people love that show, yeah. Ryan, we also watched Superman and Lois this week. I wish we could have watched more. Yeah, I do I too. It was a good episode, though. It um, was again, like, man, real quick. There's the uh, uh, Brandon. You've seen the show. I don't know if you're caught up, but you've seen the show. He's so. ahead of us. Okay, so you know Kyle, like the husband. Yeah. They do it. Th- they always do this thing in these shows where I'm like, man, I don't like this character, but then like they do a thing to like humanize him. I'm like, oh, but like I see where he's coming from, and I'm like, oh my god, like he's still a jerk, but like he's like a real, like a real life jerk, where like right. he has like layers. And I'm like, I even care about the conservative jerk dad on this show. Like I can't believe it. Like right. I really can't believe how good yeah. how good this and I, I hate saying this every week but like a CW Superman show like it's just higher quality than than anything then you, else than they're you making. Expect. Sure. Um, and I'm just I'm so happy to have that show. So yeah. Happy. Um, 
Yes, absolutely. We only watched one episode because we were actually watching another show, which we watched two episodes of this week because we were catching up from last week, Motherland. which is called Motherland Fort Salem, uh, which we will sing the praises of all the time, guys. All the time. Forever. You're probably going to hate it by the time you finally watch it because we, we definitely talk about it too much. But I, uh, It'll be canceled by the time they watch it. I love it. this show. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, again, just super inventive, super great, like... All the new characters are super great. Like they, they, they've introduced like a defense of the dark arts, like like type teacher who just like doesn't mind torturing her students. And I'm just like, man, this is just wild. We, it's we, just wild. We were literally watching the second episode, and I was talking about how like it's still kind of hard for me to get on board with one of these characters who we were shown like doing something really horrible in the very first minutes of the first episode of season one. And like we're supposed to kind of be rooting for them now. And then like minutes after I said that, they're like, "Here, we're gonna have that character directly confront that." And I'm like, "Literally, right, show, you got literally me." Literally minutes later, <laughs> All it's right, like show. her going to the <laughs> site. You got me. Her going to the site where she did a terrorism, and like reflecting on it, and like, "Oh, maybe this was bad." And I'm like, "Oh my god, the show is great." <laughs> so, um, Motherland Fort Salem, you should be watching. Yo, there's so they used vocal cords for like to do spells, right? Like different octaves and tones and stuff. Their ancient enemy who has returned. Camarilla, take their vocal cords and use those to make weapons out of. Uh, and I'm just like, this show is just crazy. That sounds really cool. It's, it's really a really crazy. cool show. Yeah, the, like the fact that I got a season two, like I'm shocked. Like I thought I'm, the show would get canceled. I promise you, like no matter what, when you watch this, you will spend maybe one or two episodes in this show, and you will go, I want a comic book. I want a movie. I want to know the past. I want prequels. I want the world building. The is world truly building insane. is so good, and you're like, I need, I need more and quick, and and we're not there yet. And I hope that even if this show gets canceled, I hope that this idea gets to live on through so many different mediums because it should. We talked about like this is not the same type of show, but like Lovecraft Country season two had like an alternate history yeah. United States. That's what this show is, but There's not with like the racism. In stuff. the in the intro for every episode of the show, they show you the map after they show some like historical images from like how things evolved from Salem into the American revolution. And then they show you a map and there's this whole section, just this line down, like just off center of the United States that's called the session. And it's literally just like a deserted badlands it's because like of a magic. Wo- a, like a bad shit happened there. And then it just divides the country. And nobody goes there anymore. I'm like, but what happened? Like right. they always talk about it, but it's just like a mystery. Literally every episode Ugh. you see it. Um, it's just a great show. It's man. crazy. And nobody's watching it. It makes me ha- makes me so happy it, it exists. Uh, yeah, but we watched Loki. I have um, the Luna now. Yeah, yeah, she moved. Um, we watched Loki. You can hear about that. There's a lot to say about it. Uh, Fortnite, Knockout City. One second, you guys hear? Do you hear that? I, I know the what train. I know what train we're on. On the game train. <laughs> Glorious purpose. Um, That's and the then episode title. No, it's journey, journey into mystery. Oh, okay. But I did. Glorious purpose. I did a little bit of CW catch up. Um. Which is still catch up because only Batwoman has actually ended, which is weird because we're in July and that doesn't usually happen with the CW shows, but they are technically all still going, um, except for Batwoman. Oh, I'm gonna check out the Flash's 150th episode. I saw Jake oh, nice. Garrison in it. I want to check it out. Cool, wow. man. 150. <laughs> You'll probably be confused about some things yeah, and probably uh, okay with others. It's nice to see Jake Garrick. No, yeah, for sure. Uh, like I'm, I'm glad. I'm actually really glad they're bringing back. Nora in that episode because oh, Nora, Nora, honestly, I think the more I think about it and look back, like outside of Flash's first season, honestly, I think the season revolving around Nora might be my favorite. Nora's great. Um, uh, I was watching a show called uh, uh, Black Sails, uh, and Nora is one of the main characters on that show, actually. Yeah, um, I I just really liked her on that show. I thought that she actually added a lot as I a liked, character. I liked her uh, for someone who I who when she started, I felt like she was a really big. CWE gimmick. Um, it turned out to not really land that way for me. 
Um, in fact, I would go so far as to say Nora's whole arc on the show made me believe in Barry and Iris's relationship in a way I never had before. What's the what's what's the the other cop lady that I really really liked? What's her name? Oh, from season two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, me too. Stacy? No, oh, no, no. Not you guys know who I'm talking about. Yeah, yes. like the best. Like, oh, the, like the the clearly should have stuck around. They're like, well, we got to get her off the show yeah, quick because yeah, yeah. the chemistry is too good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so good. Shame. Yeah, that sucked. I hope she bounced back from that. I think yeah. the worst thing about it is that like that was a great character, and they just they used her for those few episodes, and they never brought her back. All these freaking characters in the Arrowverse that come back, and anyway. Um, <laughs> Most of what I watched was uh, st- catching up on Supergirl because Supergirl had this big two-parter thing. And I have to say, this is where, unfortunately, Supergirl has started to get a little too CW for me. I've, I've um, heard some bad things. It's, it, it, it finally happened, unfortunately, in their last season. Towards the middle, I think they finally started to dip into like the worst kind of writing for the show, which I'm really hoping it kind of like... Dips down, pulls back up before they hit the finale. Oh, uh, but oh yeah, don't end on a bad note. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Which we're not there yet. Um, this is this is only episode six or something. Um, this has a lot to do with going back into the past. Uh, there's just some really not great n- dialogue choices for certain characters that don't make sense and weird moments that I don't feel connected to anymore because I don't feel like they're earned with the characters that they're portraying them with and. They brought in a young Cat Grant who's played by someone else, and she just feels too stupid. Is this like a time travel thing? They they do they go they have to go back into the. You don't have to get into it, but it's like I just it, the, they, the they have to go travel. they have to go back to the past. Okay. Um, they use Brainy's Brainy's ship gotcha. um, from the Legion to travel to the past. Um, the it's time a two sphere. it's a two parter thing, and Cat Grant that's where I'm at right now, and and Cat Grant is just so dumb, um, and it it's. Like it, it's a shame because the actor playing her is doing a good job of actually like playing a younger version of the character that that they created in that. Er, it's Callista Flockhart, season. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I like her. Uh, but the writing is so like this is too stupid Aww. for that person. It also doesn't. It's also like I understand why, but like it's weird that it this actor is so young because I'm like this is only like seven years, eight years ago from right. the yeah. She's not. From oh. the beginning of the show, she's pretty. Old. This is an X Men thing. Like, oh, you turn into and like, and like she's like she she looks like thirty years younger, and I'm like, this is like eight years before Supergirl Aww. started, but okay. Um, so I I don't know. Uh, it it's kind of a bummer. I'm I'm hoping that it it pulls up before the end flies up. That's kind of my last thing that I have to say about my week, though. Whoop whoop. All right, should we get into our news? Why yes. not? Bread butter. Book club. Nope. Our bread and butter. Oh, I now I know what it looks like. All right. Anyway, uh, we, have some, we have some sad news up top. Yes, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, Robson Rochka, uh, an artist for DC Comics, passed away today. Yes, this brand brand new news. Yeah, this happened uh, just earlier today. Um, he was a uh, he did a lot with the New Fifty Two and Rebirth. He did Green Lanterns when Rebirth started. He's done since on Aquaman. He's a great artist. Uh, yeah. No age was given. I do not know how old he was, uh, but he passed away. He's on the younger side because he broke out in 2010. Yeah, he is, is he's shame. very young. Yeah. Bummer. Yeah. Um, but also, uh, sadly, Richard Donner has passed away at the age of 91. Richard Donner, director mm-hmm. of many films such mm-hmm. as Superman. Yep. Yep. Um, I, I also, like, also <laughs> Superman like too. 20 other incredible like movies. <laughs> some, like an incredible legacy, but like he, with, with Superman, with Lethal Weapon, with The Omen, with... 
whatever, uh, he always set the bar. And obviously, more relevant to the to this show and people probably fans, is Superman really? You know, we don't have the MCU without Superman. Well, actually, for multiple reasons, we don't have the MCU because he worked with Kevin Feige and Jeff Johns also worked yes. with 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 him. So like, we wouldn't have well, like the the the. The order of events that that like more people we kind of I we all knew this uh before Richard Donner passed away but like you know it, it's definitely becoming more common knowledge is that Richard Donner and his wife were influ were instrumental to the X Men films happening which is where Kevin Feige also got a yes. big leg up in the business yep and they all worked together on that which in ways led to the MCU so yes uh without Richard Donner there yeah. there wouldn't be the MCU as it is and there wouldn't be a Kevin Feige. As yeah. Such an is. incredible legacy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I have sadly only I've I've seen so few of his films. Me too. Um, I've never seen the Lethal Weapon movies. Um, Lethal Weapons one and two are Stone Cold classics. Um, um, the Omen, yeah, I watched it for Downright Annoyed last year. That movie's great. Um, yeah, yeah. just like uh, just a prolific director. Like he's been around for so long, and like ninety one, and like and he's still he was still like producing stuff. He was still like, gonna do Lethal Weapon five. I, I. Cannot believe that. Uh, like that, if that would have killed him. Like a ni- like <laughs> I, a ninety year old director making a big action movie. Like that's like George Miller, man. Bless, uh, eat some apples, man. <laughs> he he by f- he by far earned his uh, his place. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, one hundred percent. And all the stories that are coming out of him, just being the nicest guy. Uh, also a, a goof, like with the the bust ass story with um, mm-hmm. uh, Gene 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 Hackman. Gene Hackman. Uh, have you heard the story? About I have that? not. So Gene Hackman had a mustache, and he was like, I'm not going to shave my mustache. And so Richard Donner had a mustache, too. And he was like, I'm going to – how about this? How about this, Gene? We both shave our mustache. So the last – so the mustache – so he's like, okay, we're going we're gonna to do it because, like, Lex Luthor needs to not have a mustache. And if you do it, and if you do it, Gene, I'll do it. Solidarity. It was a phone call because he didn't know what he, he didn't know he didn't have any mustache, and then on set he just removed his mustache. So he, so the, the, he <laughs> shaved the mustache, and then Richard Donner just peels his mustache <laughs> off because it was a fake mustache. It's in – Incredible! Such a great story. Uh, and at the time, <laughs> oh, Gene Hackman man. was like one of the biggest people in Hollywood. So yeah. like to do that, I'm like, that's that's ballsy. I love yeah. it. That is hilarious. Yeah. He was a funny guy. He was a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, a true legend in the industry. Yeah. Um, there's a the book Last Son, uh, Last Son of Krypton. Yeah. By Jeff Johns and Richard Donner. The reason why I yeah. bought that at a Comic Con was because it had Richard Donner's name on it, and. I, I I also feel bad because when I heard he passed away, I was like, man, that sucks. And I was like, I know he directed so many other movies besides Superman one and two. Yeah. I just know he I know he directed the Goonies. I know that's the other one. But of course, have I seen the Goonies? No. Have I seen any of his yeah. other films? The Goonies is like the most Ben movie I think I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's just like a bunch of kids having a cool adventure, man. Like, oh yeah, man. I, I mean, I know. they they are literally all nostalgia's bitch. It's yeah. <laughs> but yet, I've never I seen. I think I've the seen Dan- Monster Squad. There, uh, yeah. Everybody. That's a good one. I get it. I get why people like think of those things in tandem. Yeah. Yeah. Same era. Yeah, but for me the only movies I sat down and watched beginning to end quite a few times are Superman and Superman 2. And Superman 2 it, it, like it, in the beginning didn't even wasn't even his movie until like, I was going to say I was going to say a lot of people like still haven't necessarily seen the Richard Donner yeah, cut. So like while we're talking about all these movies, you might have seen a, a lot of these Richard Donner movies, but yeah. if you haven't seen his cut of Superman 2, go watch his cut of Superman 2. Yeah. It's so much better. Yeah, goodness is the five Superman film collection that I have. Mm-hmm. It's the Richard Donner cut. It, if you look on the back, it's... Well, it's got it, both cuts. It starts up says Superman 2, the Richard Donner cut. Right, but, and then it also has Superman 2, because that's the same set. So it's oh Superman yeah? 2, and Superman 2, the Richard Donner cut. They literally have every version oh, of the awesome. Superman movie on that set. But of course, which but one do you watch? Except for the, uh, the three-hour 
Superman, the original Superman oh, that, the, that came out later. The TV yeah, version, yeah, the of, TV Superman. version I, of Superman. I, I just watched the video about Superman 1 and Superman 2, and the ending of Superman 1 where he flies around the world, that's the ending of Superman 2. They shot those movies back to back, and in the middle of filming 2, he was taken off production. Yes. It was like a Lord of the Rings like epic that they were doing, and then the studio's like, we don't like what you're doing anymore, but you already made the first one, and you're halfway through, so we're just going to finish making it with another director. Um, the fact that two, that second, and the second movie came out and it is as good as it is without the Donner cut. Like, that second movie's still fine but the donner cut is right. really like mm-hmm. that's where the that's where yeah. the real the real picture like, is. man yeah. also terrence stamps saying come here superman neil neil the facade it's always oh, it's always great I, there is a deleted scene where lois lane shoots clark yes <laughs> oh yeah and it's so smart because she th- he thinks that she would shoot him but he doesn't realize that she's using blanks yeah and, and of course that, that oh, is so, good. so what's interesting about that is that that's a filmed audition tape oh, it's so good. that that Richard Donner put it into his cut because it that scene wasn't a script it's so incredible. It's just it was never filmed so they filmed the they did the thing no because really I good. saw that because I think you posted that on Twitter actually right because I saw that a lot of these it's have been like going the, around it's like the most perfect yeah. Superman moment like ever well also just watching that it's like man credit to Christopher Reeve as playing both Clark Kent and Superman because his demeanor just changes yeah the he, second Lois pulls the trigger he's like that's Superman so aggressive with that snap yeah it's, 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 it's a, a turn. Snap. It's a turn of... Oh, I know. I, I, I love the scene, too. <sighs> love and Richard Donner. Controversial, yeah. but, like, yeah, like, Christopher Reese Superman, like, man, that's that's what I think of when I think of mm-hmm. live-action Superman. Me like, too. probably forever. Yeah. Yeah, I really... It's a, but 91. 91, 91 really. yeah. He lived a good, long life. Yeah. Massive legacy. All right. Shall we get into the other stuff? Ooh, let's do it. Sure. Tamara Morrison loves sitting in his pool... And talking about what's what's happened with the book of Boba Fett. I mean, I, if I had a big pool, I'd also do that. That's not exactly what happened here. But oh, you <laughs> led me astray. <laughs> it is. Uh, he does do similar things. Um, but he did say who some of the director who some of the directors are for the book of Boba Fett. Uh, Robert Rodriguez, obviously, we knew. Oh, sweet. Because um, he's he's developing the show. Yeah. Um, John Favreau. I've heard of him. Mm-hmm. Bryce Dallas Howard and Her- Dave Filoni. Wow, they've all worked on Star Wars. Pretty much all the star the people who directed episodes of Mandalorian. Wow, Great. so this show is going to look exactly like the Mandalorian. Great. I mean, <laughs> yeah cool no it's like that's cool that's great I, it would have been cool to get like a different like look different set maybe there but could like, be other directors yeah. that we haven't heard yet we don't know how long the book of boba fett will be that's true so maybe but it's awesome he's doing it though happy for him good for tomorrow morrison yeah yeah i mean it's really cool to play Django fett and then get to play boba fett yeah oh, absolutely yeah. to to get to do that full circle that's awesome yeah and soon he'll be all the clones all the living clones in that time period. Man. Yep. That's that's see that's what I'm waiting for. Like bad batch, cool, whatever. I I give me a bunch of like Tamara Morrison. <laughs> give me just like six of them. Come on. Yeah. All right. Uh, you like Blade Runner? Anyone? I've heard of it. All right, I'm gonna skip this then. No, I'm kidding. That's uh, that Blade Running. That's the ancient technique of 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 uh, mowing the lawn, right? Yeah. No, no, no. That's Maze Runner. Damn it. Uh, no, I thought that was about the about corn. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that movie. Blade Runner, Black Lotus. It's the Adult Swim Crunchyroll animated series. Yeah. Uh, so anime. Yeah. Um, they announced some of the cast, so not all the cast. Uh, Give me some names. Jessica Henwick. Hey, she's great. As Elle, a female replicant created for a secret and unknown purpose. Mm. She's mm-hmm. the main character. Mm. Good, good for you. Good for you. Um, Will Yun Lee as Joseph. No, it doesn't matter. Um, Samira Wiley as Alani Davis. Let me know if you recognize some of these other names. I will. Um, Brian Cox, we know that name. Ah, uh, B. Cox. As Neander Wallace Sr., who's the founder and CEO of Wallace Corporation. Okay. Uh, Wes Bentley. <gasps> Wes Bentley's good. As 
uh, Neander Wallace Jr. Wes Bentley played Blackheart in Ghost Rider in 2007. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Come full circle. I recently watched that movie. I'm sorry. Uh, it, it's, it's okay. Fine. It's, it's fine. okay. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas Cage is fun. Yeah. Um, anyway, he plays Neander Wallace Jr., a brilliant scientist working for his father. Josh Duhamel. I Real quick, I think Neander Wallace Jr., I think that's Jared Leto. I think that's Jared Leto. Oh. I think. I could be wrong. Oh. Well, um, Josh Duhamel mm. as Marlowe. Josh Duhamel's in Blade Runner. Good for you. And he plays a Blade Runner. Oh. He plays a deadly Blade Runner. Sweet. Stephen Root. Earl, oh, yeah. Earl Grant, uh, police chief of the LAPD. Okay. Peyton List. You know her? Yeah. As Josephine Grant, the wife of the police chief. Oh. Barkati Ab- Abdi. Bless you. Stock Badger. Greg Henry. As Senator Bannister, uh, Henry Cerny as Dr. M, a brilliant doctor and professor of medicine, and Jason Spisak as Hooper, a journalist in the pocket of the Wallace Corporation. Nice. Does it have a? Do you have a release date or anything? Uh, later this year. Later this year. Uh, and no, uh, they did this because they're going to have a Comic Con panel. Ah, okay, that Comic-Con. makes sense. Oh, Comic Con no- November. Oh, yeah. that's no, right. the virtual oh. Comic Con next week. Yeah, Comic Con uh, home. Uh, what? Oh, it is July, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Um, the virtual Comic Cons is not a lot, but we'll probably get a trailer for this. Maybe sweet, that's probably. awesome. I'm I'm pretty sure this is the Ghost in the Shell guy making this one. I think that's the I think that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, I'm I'm still seen, I've seen a lot of buzz about like what's coming at Comic Con at home. This Blade Runner stuff sounds great, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but there's really only one thing I cared about that was announced is coming to Comic Con at home this week. The only thing I care about is a Shark Week. No. It's the Dragon Ball Super movie announcement. That's right. Uh, they're announcing is. something? They're they're going to supposedly Toei, I'm certain they're revealing Toei the animation. Yeah. Toei Animation is going to Comic-Con. Oh, I'm so excited. And they said it's the next Super movie. Sha-da. Yeah, they they they've made it clear Sha-da. that they're talking about the next Super movie. All right. All right. I'm into it. We're going to get a trailer for this probably. Here we uh, 100%. Go. Like there's no way that we're not if finding out, out like maybe, what it's about. Maybe like next year, yeah. Yeah. All right. Something is killing the children. What did, is? Did you know what it is? Um, no. Never read the book. Oh, um, not the so. This is the James Tinian, uh, Weather Werther Del Adaro, Adal Adara. Yep. Um, their comic book, Something Is Killing the Children, from Boom Studios. Uh, Mike Flanagan and Trevor Macy will develop a Netflix series based on the comic. Flanagan and Macy will co-write the pilot, um, and Macy. Oh wait, hold on. Tinian and De, and Del Adaro Adar, Adara. Our co-executive producers with cool. other executive producers. Mm-hmm. Um, Netflix has not uh, has not committed to a series yet, so they're just going to write the pilot, direct the pilot. Netflix is going to see if they want it. They'll want it. They yeah. probably want yeah, it. Yeah. And then um, Macy, if they do pick it up, Macy will show will be the showrunner and not Flanagan for the first time since those two have uh, paired up. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is the Hill House guys and um, Doctor Sleep. Doctor, Doctor Sleep. Sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I uh, I I am reading this book. It is on issue 16. Yep. I'm still picking it up, but I stopped reading it like seven months ago. Not for lack of quality, just I stopped reading comics at a, at a point right. in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in the same this, boat this as you. Bu- this, is, this is What If Buffy. This is his take on Buffy. Yeah. Um, it's real good. Yeah, it's awesome. It's got a great, great art style. I was um, really, really happy to have jumped in on this the moment that it hit. It hit. I was like, I think I'm going to want to read this one. Yeah. So uh, I picked it, it up right when it had dropped. Tinian is doing, he's doing so much good stuff right now. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, good for that guy. Yeah, this is great. Great, great, great. We could use more Buffy shows, more Buffy stuff. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one, even though I haven't read the comic. Book club. Especially because we can do the first episode, first volume. Mm-hmm. What did you, mm. what did you just do with that chocolate wrapper? Oh, that's not a wrapper. It's on my lap. 
Oh, okay. It was bothering me. It's disappeared. It's a magic trick, Sparks. It's gone forever. Okay. <laughs> gave it to Luna. All right. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> you remember the old TV show on Fox with uh, the guy from Boston Legal, uh, Human Target? This is so wild. Jackie Hurl Haley. Man, television and comics are so funny. That was a crazy show. Yeah. Last two seasons. Did did anyone know that that was a DC comic book, though? Yes. I mean, I did. I mean, you guys are nerds. (laughs) That show is not related. That show is not related to DC comics whatsoever. That's what I mean. Um, But yes, um, it is based off uh, based on a comic book, and the character in the comic is coming back for a new series. Tom King and Greg Smallwood are partnering together for a new series for the Black Label that will bring back the second human target, which is the, the main human target now, one in the show, uh, Christopher, Christopher Chance. Chance. Oh, yes. There you go. Uh, it, so d- Christopher Chance has uh, appeared once on, on Arrow. Arrow. Mm-hmm. So the interesting thing, like this, he's like he's like a, a super spy dude, but the cover is implicating that like it's going to involve uh, Justice League International stuff from the 1980s, which is the era he's from. So like this is gonna be maybe a more superhero tied book than like it's a like original thing, which is fine. You know, I'm. He's a normally he was generally a Vertigo character. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, like like yeah, like the kind of offshoot stuff. But like if they want to int- if like do the Tom King Black Label thing, he that's a winner. It's always yeah. a winner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he's knocked it out with Mister Miracle and Adam Strange, and now here he comes. Um, Greg Smallwood is a terrific artist. He's he's done a lot of Marvel stuff. Um, so this, I think this is his first big DC thing, which is nice. Cool. Um, I talked a bit about Batman: The Long Halloween. This is his 20th anniversary uh, <gasps> this year. It's the 20th anniversary of the comic book. Well, Ben's been a fan of that comic for over 20 years. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale I to commemorate you, to commemorate the 20th anniversary of the book uh, will partner together in October 12, 2020, to release a special one-shot that will continue the story. What does that mean? So, don't know. Ben, you said before we like when you heard about this news, like you don't know if you need this. Like it doesn't yeah. need a sequel, and I a hundred percent agree. It, it doesn't because the, the long Halloween it's some, it's twelve issues. It's already a maxi series, but now it's thirteen. <laughs> yeah, I, I see. Really like d- what I'm th- what I think it's gonna be. It's gonna be like a retrospective of that event. And it's gonna be like maybe like some some new information popped up to help with the case or just it's just something to be like oh this happened sometime in my past. I don't think it's gonna be like an actual sequel because it's a one shot. So yeah. how much can really happen yeah, in true. a one shot? It, it could 799. be. It could be. Oh, like, it could right. be. <laughs> that's a beefy one shot. <laughs> it could be Batman just like going through and finding out that Gilda was one of the Halloween killers or uh, holiday killers. I, I definitely remember. remember that book. I'm watching the movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I I I mean, look, oh, Jeff Loeb has had. A rough couple of years because a lot of allegations come out yeah. from him from the Marvel TV Also, division. just his modern comics are not what they are. They're no. not yeah. so it's, to it's his older stuff. It's kind of weird. Like, why do we need a new Jeff Loeb book? I why definitely, do we need to be the I'm definitely Halloween? nervous about it because of like exactly what you're bringing up, which is that you know, like Jeff Loeb has written some of my favorite comics. Twenty years like, ago, like <laughs> twenty years ago, yeah. he had a personal tragedy and then he didn't write the same, yeah. and that's just that sucks. But that's what happened, and uh, since then. It, his decisions, his creative decisions have not been awesome all the time. And I don't, and certainly when it comes to something where I'm like, I don't think this is needed. Um, yeah. I don't know why we're doing this. And you guys know Long Halloween's my all-time favorite Batman story. I love that book to death. Right. But, I mean, I'm happy they're doing something to celebrate 20 years of this amazing story. But at the same time, it's like, I don't need an actual, like when they call it a sequel, it kind of, Puts chills down my that's, spine. It's that's, like I don't yeah. want you but, to do this. But they that say continue I, the story. I get yeah. the same. I get the same vibes as if they said all the same stuff about for all seasons. I'd be like, mm-hmm. mm, yeah. Mm, yeah. I don't. Why now? The yeah. only the only thing that I have to counter that is new. T- 
Tim Sailart. <laughs> True. Because we sure. haven't got in that in a long time. That is, the. I mean, that's probably going to be the only reason why I'm going to pick this book up in the first place is to support Tim Sales' art. Because as yeah. you said, Jeff Loeb's allegations over the past few years have not put have not been the brightest thing on that record. But bloody hell, that art in Long Halloween I, is still gorgeous. But that's a good point. Is like I, I'd be more down, I think, for just... Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale to celebrate the twenty years of Long like a Halloween, re- like a re- are doing collection. a are just doing a one shot yeah. that it has yeah. nothing to do with it. They're just doing a one shot story that they decided to get back together on to just celebrate the fact of their work on yeah. Batman, mm-hmm. but not necessarily to connect to and it can, or like, build mention, on it or add to it or they anything. Mention, They're just yeah. doing something wholly. Just here's this one moment that we decided we wanted to do in celebration of that great thing we did. Now yeah. we, back then we, we could be blowing this up a little more than it actually is it could it could be like a really small story but like it just it when you say we're doing a sequel to the long halloween obviously it gives us pause. a continuation yeah yeah, yeah. 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 also in, the, in a one shot i mean i don't know if i would be feel better if they were doing like another 12 issue maxi series oh but, hell no yeah. i would feel worse I, on, yeah. honestly i don't want this like whatsoever True. but like i think a one shot might be the best bet it's weird because i i know the long halloween isn't perfect but to me it's like that is a, a per, that is a story that it's has a, great, a perfect a beginning story. middle and end and yeah. you don't need to add anything else to it yeah. now you do it's perfect in the sense that like in the sense of like the the containment that it was yeah you know like whatever flaws it may have like sounds like the watchman conversation contained to its time and is its own thing there's no need to well, but we, we contribute have more to it. So the sequel to the sequel to Long Halloween is Dark Victory. True. Like there is a sequel to Long you're, Halloween. You're very true, or you're very right. Right, and that's a good point. And that's you know that's a whole different egg to crack open and all that kind of thing. And again, like it's just kind of like you want to tell me Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale want to do a little Batman thing, just celebrating the fact that they did the Long Halloween. I'd be like, cool, cool. It's mm-hmm. the continuation, the sequel part of it. The yeah. We're we're gonna reopen that story exactly, for a brief like, moment. Yeah. I'm like, that's I don't what, need you to. That's I'm what really ru- happy with where it left off. Yeah, that's what really rubs me the wrong way. It's like we're gonna continue. It's like you don't need it, to. It's you- like what did you miss in the story last time, Batman? And I'm like, but then it takes away from that story if you didn't solve it right, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. See, like doing a, like I mentioned, doing a sequel, Dark Victory. It's the, not it's not a long Halloween too. It's Dark Victory. This would be like the Holiday Killer is probably still out there and we missed him and blah blah blah. blah. The risk sucks, yeah. the risk reward is too great you know like the risk yeah. is too high for what little reward i feel is on the table yeah. yeah yeah but once again bright side brian said it earlier more to him sale art yeah i just wish i just wish it could have look been man if somebody tells me boy you don't want to read it i'm gonna be like all right i don't want to read it yeah all right yeah. i'll wait for reviews for sure move on yeah uh we're all excited for visions the new star wars series yep. yes we are i'm a shill um, i love them there is a new star wars book coming out that got me excited star wars ronin a Visions novel by Emma Mako Con- uh, Candon. This will be out October 12th. Um, this this story is set in the world of the Duel, which we talked about last week mm-hmm. uh, when we broke down a lot of those, a lot of those uh, Star Vision Wars stories. anime. Yeah. Uh, so I listened to it, the Duel. That's the one that's that uh, Studio Trigger is doing, or one of the ones that Studio Trigger is doing, because yep. I know they're, in two, they're doing two of them. Yeah. Yes. Right. Okay. I believe so. Cool. Um, so this is set in the world of the duel and will tell the story of a former unnamed Sith known only as a Ronin, i.e. a wandering samurai as he travels the galaxy. Sweet. This, this is really cool. This is so cool because it's not just like a new Star Wars story. It's an Elseworlds Star Wars story. Yeah. It's there fully going into like what if territory. Like they're, they're not being precious about the stuff anymore, which is great. Like you can just do whatever you want now. Like it's we've reached a point where we're getting a bunch of Star Wars anime and manga and books. And I'm like, I, couldn't, I can't believe it. You know what this is kind of is? It's yeah. kind of Legends again. 
It is. Yeah, 100%. It's the Star Wars legacy stuff where Disney's like, F it, do whatever you but want. But it's our, it's real legends. <laughs> um, I mean, but, it, you know, it, what is real legends? The duel, yes. the, the, so when we talked about last week, Star Wars Visions already excited me with the with the content, uh, the creators on it, and the fact that all those projects sound, sound really cool. So, like, being able to, hearing that they were like, we really were excited about this world and we wanted to do more in it, so we made this novel, got me really more, even more excited. Like, I'm like, yeah, okay, so there's potential that these worlds could exist in different mediums, like all of Star Wars does. Mm-hmm. 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 I think that's cool. I'm just happy we're getting more awesome Star Wars shit. Yeah. That, I'm like, the second I heard Star Wars anime, I'm like, And it's great done. that, again, like they're just pumping out books. Like, they're not really, afraid to pump books out. I really want the time to actually, like, do the High Republic stuff because I've I've only heard good things. I'm picking them up and people seem to really like it. Yeah. Oh, I don't yeah. think that was in my pull list. This got the trade mm. coming. I got a. Oh man. I'm, I'm picking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking just the novels too because yeah. I've heard good things from yeah. the novels that are going Charles out. Soul, yeah, yeah. I'm picking up the single issues and I think I'm a few books behind. What was the last one that came out? Five because I have up to four. I don't know. I'm not paying attention to High Republic right now. No, oh, well, I, I'll they're just fi- in my pull list. No, I well. honestly have lost track between like what number High Republic because there's also High like Republic Adventures. There's also like other series. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you. Well, if I have to, Frank anyway. gets strip. Anyway. Apparently, the bounty hunter stuff that's happening in the Star Wars books right now is radical. Oh, yeah, because it's Kira. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. yeah apparently, that. it's crazy. Like, it, like apparently, all those books are super cool, and it's just like a giant bounty hunter yes. war. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, they, brought, they brought Kira into the Star Wars stuff that's happening pre-Return uh, of the Jedi. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, yo, damn. I'm picking okay. the trade up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they were like the the story when they first announced it was like, oh, this is like what they did for the Star Wars books that were coming out after Empire Strikes Back because they couldn't catch Han Solo. Mm-hmm. This so they're just doing that, but as an event. This is great, so but cool. I I still kind of want I still secretly want that Amelia Clark like project on Disney Plus that actually yeah. follows Crimson Dawn's shit do after it. she's done being Abigail Brand in Secret Wars. She yeah, or just do them at the same time. Like anyway, it'd be a Disney show. Yeah. I thought it was really cool. I would have also really liked a manga because I think the visual style of that would look really cool. Oh yeah, I heard hey, you. Hey, where'd you get right one? Um, so, but they were like, "Here's a Star Wars manga." So, Star <laughs> Wars tribute to Star Wars. Is it going to be a special manga with new art? Uh, a new art book is what the what the article said. A new art book collecting works from 45 different illustrators. Uh, they mentioned a few of them. I don't have them written down. Um, just like three of them. Yeah. Um, but it looks like you know mangaka. It's it's okay. it's going to be like prominent prominent. M- creators uh just like the anime was which is great because it's them going to them on the medium and asking them to put in the work on it it does seem like some of this is going to be this is me extrapolating for what they've put out it does seem like it's going to be a lot of like them doing their interpretations of main moments from star wars it seems like an actual like an art book yeah Yeah. right uh and it's 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 very very much going to be leaning on on the visual um but they're is potential that there will also be like original moments in here yeah. too. Because yeah. you said art book, so it's not. There's no story. There's, it's just as far as we just know. We don't as as know. We know. There's not enough information out. It could okay. be like a, like a, like a big thing of like, oh, here's like a short story, and here's just some art, and here's like a like a two pager, and like we don't know. It doesn't hmm. sound, Ben. I will say that it doesn't seem like what they're doing is going to all these people who create manga and asking them to create like just one page mm-hmm. of like you know here make an art thing, um, in your style, and that's it. It it does seem like you know we might be seeing things like where it's like panels and okay. and maybe maybe there's no dialogue but they but there is telling a story mm-hmm. and again like some of it what might just be moments from the movies yeah. reinterpreted but okay. some of it, like it might what does be the new. Death Star look like to you something like that yeah. yeah I'm still down for it yeah it sounds amazing like a giant testicle it's what just cool you? that they're going to all these people well Ryan asked me like what a does moon? the Death Star look oh, like to me so okay. I said like a giant testicle well 
Maybe you should get glasses. <laughs> <laughs> I wear contacts. So your your you testicles these? now I know have a weird divot mm-hmm. on the top part and are chromy. <laughs> yeah, and a crater in the middle. And you have tiny chips all laugh flying, at the freak. flying around. I think that's lice. You brought it up. That reminds me of community jokes are. Oh my god! <laughs> you hit it in the right hole, the whole thing blows. Oh yeah. Boy, that's true. All right. Speaking of the superpowers that my girlfriend has. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Nobody was. <laughs> Nobody was here for that. All right. Anyway. We all like the boys. I enjoy the boys, yes. Right. <laughs> Girls get it done, too. Nice. <laughs> all right. Okay. Amazon has launched a VNN web series, Vault News Network, called Seven on Seven. This stars Matthew Edison as Cameron Coleman, who is an anchor for Vault News, um, and will come out on the seventh of every month, and will drop hints that lead into season three. Each episode will be seven minutes long with seven news stories. So, cool. so the boys season three is coming out in seven months, and on the seventh, we're getting a seven-minute episode about the seven. Yes, cool. And every seventh, every seventh month, I'm having an aneurysm. Every, every seventh, seventh day, day for seven months. For seven months, we'll yo, get the a six new six six people are going crazy. That's cool. Uh, this this immediately made me think of um, the like not very often talked about in MCU circles, but the fake news, the f- actual fake uh, news videos that are put up on YouTube with the girl from with Iron the Man. girl from Iron Man uh, talking about like it, it, most of it took place around Ant Man and Civil War. Yeah, so it's like talking about those. Is it events. Leslie Blit? Yeah. Leslie Bitt, the yes. blonde girl. Yes. Oh, I didn't it's, know this. It's her. It's her reprising her character from Iron Man, and she has like her own network thing. There's like seven videos That's of awesome. her talking about. The events as they came out. I'm honestly kind of bummed they stopped doing those. I am too. Um, it it was a nice little like here's just this thing as if it was you know being broadcast in the world. This is how people are talking about the Civil War breakup and things like that. And I'm like, yeah, th- th- that's really cool. And not a lot of people know that those things are out there for the MCU. But like, I'm really stoked that the boys is doing something similar. That's really oh. cool, especially because the news is Vought. Um, so that's cool. Yeah. 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 All right, trailers. Da boys. Oh, there's one thing in the news. They announced a new Nintendo Switch, and everyone's mad at it except for me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I Actually, I wasn't going to mention the the um, OLED, but okay, cool. I mean, because I, 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 I don't have a Switch yet. Yeah, you don't have a Switch. So, like, you, you got, you've got the right timing now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hoping that they don't actually like shortchange you next year. They're like, Nintendo Switch 2, and you're like, no, God damn no, it. No, that's, that's the thing, no, because cause now we're talking about it. Uh, ben, when we talked about mm-hmm. on our E3 thing, Inga, Inga talked about, oh, I, I, there's rumors that a new Switch is going to come out, and those yeah. rumors were true. It just it came out a couple weeks after. Yeah. Um, they are still working on a Switch 2. Um, as like, a lot of you guys know, the PS5 and the Xbox One, uh, they're out of stock because there's a chip shortage right now. Uh, and to ha- make better consoles, you need those chips. So Nintendo's not going to put out a console that's going to be shorted. They're so much better than that. right? So they're going to release the one that has not as, it's not as powerful, but it's a little better because they can afford to put that one I out. mean, originally when I first saw the, o- the OLED, I was kind of like, I kind of want it. But at the same time, I don't really play my Switch in handheld mode, which I feel like the new. If you get a new Switch upgrade, it's just because I have a very first generation Switch before they did the the updated battery one, mm-hmm. and I don't play handheld mode hardly at all. It's Fanny who plays handheld mode. It, this this is for handheld mode. Yeah, it is not yeah. a it is not a power upgrade. This is no. this is still 1080p. Like the only thing that's better, it has a nicer, bigger screen. Yeah, and for me, like I want to play games in my bed. That's great for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it looks and uh, and and like if you like that. 
being able to prop it up so you can have the controllers here. Oh, yeah. But you prop the screen up. It has the, because I always thought this was a stupid design thing on the Switch, uh, where it has just this single kickstand that that's like the side of my, oh, it's the size of my two fingers. It's, it's really only, awful. Not only that, that kickstand just feels so flimsy. Yeah. Yeah, and it's awful. Only, it's, uh, even when I don't I'm trust like, it. Even when I'm taking the, the Switch from my room to the dock to put it back, or I'm just playing my Switch for a little bit in handheld mode for the rare times I do, it constantly falls down and it hits my hand. I'm like, I have to sh- keep. Like clamping right. it so together. So the OLED having finally a a back that you can actually like do the thing they show in the commercials, where like we're hanging out at a cafe, yeah, pop yeah. the switch down on the table and pass your friend the controller and actually play a thing on a table like that, feels more feasible with that version. So I'm glad that that's a and quality of life also improvement that's the, come. The wired LAN support helps too. For me, yeah, a hundred percent. For I was, me, that's because when I was playing uh, Mario Kart 8 with um Ali and all and my Australian friends, I, it booted me out. I, I haven't struggled with it much, I'll admit, because Switch is not a system I rely much on online play. Mm-hmm. But also your internet's um, but like the right few there. times, that's true. You know, like, I, it is a bigger issue for you, for sure. Yeah. Um, but, like, it, I am glad that they are providing that option. It's important to have that option. Yeah. Although, one, do th- one thing I it do... It makes wa- it feel like the Switch is finally being considered, like, a real console. Yeah. Rather than, like, a, a handheld that kind of pretends to be a console. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also, one thing I will give Nintendo props for, I mean, yeah, it's not much of an upgrade, but still kind of... And it's only fifty bucks more. Yeah, it's not like that a, much more expensive. Yeah, yeah, a regular Switch is three hundred bones flat, whereas oh, the o- the OLED is only three fifty. It's yeah. not that bad. It's like oh, it's not like the PS4 Pro where that was like an extra hundred bucks on top of what you're already getting with a with the regular PlayStation Four. Exactly. Yeah. That's so. it. That's the Nintendo news. So sorry. Nice. No, it's yeah. fine. I like it. Yeah. I'm sorry, Luna. All right, trailers. Trailers. T talk. Transformers War for Cybertron Kingdom, the third and final season of the Transformers War for Cybertron anime on Netflix. I cannot wait mm-hmm. for Transformers 6 Rise of the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's kind of how I feel. No offense to this thing. Now, I, um, Not 6. It's a prequel. I am you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. the only one who's seen season 2? Yes. yes. Yep. Yes. You're the o- and you convinced me to watch season 2, which I need to get on that. Yeah. Actually, uh, look for a fake watch, but we're going to do season 2. Nice. Yeah. Uh, thank you for doing that. Of course. Um, well, I th- like season two. Well, I think it's what, pretty good. Well, the thing is, I, at first, I kind of swore off well, after the first trailer for season two because I was really, really hot and really more the, more the most positive on the first season when we when we watched it and reviewed it for the show. And then I saw the trailer for it, and I'm like, no, nope, I'm not going to waste my time with it. It looks dumb and stupid. And then you t- told me some of the bits about it, and you didn't give me full spoilers, and then it, it piqued my interest. So now I'm going to, like, you know what? I was able to watch that one season in a night. I could probably knock season two out, and watching this the trailer for season three actually looks pretty dope. I really like some of the elements that they included in season in season two. There is time travel in the trailer. Galvatron shows up. That's due to time travel, and it looks like they're going to expand on a little bit more on that one because the uh, the Maximals and the Predacons are already mm-hmm. on Earth, mm-hmm. um, and the Transformers are going to sh- and the the Autobots and Decepticons are going to show up on Earth. Yeah. So there are uh, three versions of Megatron. On the planet Earth, wow. <laughs> one time, <laughs> um, they are also looking for the MacGuffin from Beast Wars. So if you're a Beast Machines, Beast Wars kind of junkie, you're like, oh my god, that's so that's cool. Um, I'm, I look, I said this when they did Rise of the Beast. You do, you, you're gonna do anything with the with the Beast Machines? I'm I'm gonna be there, regardless of whether or not I like yeah. the first two seasons or not. I, yeah. I would always be here for this. Yeah. Also, I wasn't here last time when you talked about Ron Perlman being uh, being Optimus Primal in the yeah. new movie. I am so happy for him. Yeah, that's so cool. He is going to be so cool as Optimus Primal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they're going to do the plot line where the cheetah gets possessed by the ghost of Starscream. Nope. Uh, probably not. Probably not on Starscream. Probably not. Star- Starscream actually looks like he betrays Megatron in this one, like, for he, real, he and I'm does. kind of into that. Yeah. Anyway. Like the movie. Giant Transformers. 
Yeah. All right. Chapel weight. Ben, would you like to? Looks take spooky this one? as shit. What's this one about? Jerusalem's uh, not right. Uh, yes, vampires, I guess. No, uh, no, no, no. What's the? This is a part part of another Stephen King. I mean, uh, you know this, right? No. Right. <laughs> anyway, it's a prequel to say this a lot. Yeah, uh, like, so up until the vampires, I wasn't really sure what this thing was. And then I saw the vampires. And I'm like, oh, this is Salem's Lot, uh, which is like, you know, uh, uh, witches and, and vampires. And like, that's where like, um, uh, man, you guys should watch that original Salem's Lot movie from like the 70s or 80s, whenever it came out. Um, that's like really prevalent. Like you have to invite vampires in and like they make it really, really spooky. And like, like, and, like in a really like spooky ways and like, like really sexual ways where like women are trying to like seduce you. Like, you got to let me in. And it's like, oh, but she's going to murder you. Um. Great stuff. Great stuff. <laughs> She's gonna do a murder. She's gonna do a murder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought this looks really cool, though. I, it looked better than I expected for something that's on epics. I mean, I love one of the things I liked about it when we were watching the trailer is that uh, Adrian Bowie leaves his kid, and then Ryan is sitting next to me. Goes behind the door. Door closes. Of course, there's a dude right there. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. That, that's the thing is that everything that seems like it's spooky, I'm like seen it before. Seems like uber pedestrian. Yeah, in a way where I'm like, there's nothing inventive in the scare. I've seen this. Here. I've seen like, this type of thing. What you're times. selling me on is that, like, the setting, I guess, a little, and Brody. Like, I'm sold on yeah. Brody, and I'm sold because I've watched Shit's Creek. I'm sold on Emily Hampshire, who's uh, the seems to be the lead female in it. But other than that, I'm not really here for it. It's um, on Epic, so like, I'm definitely there's not nothing. Watch it. No offense. I'm not like watch like it. I'm not looking at it and going. Oh yeah, I'm get like you're you're. It looks like it wants to be on the level of Haunting of Hill House, and I don't think it is. You know what this makes you want to do? It just but this could just be a bad trailer. Yeah, also, it just makes you want to watch Salem's Lot because that thing is good. I did not grow old in Salem's Lot. So Val, A twenty four documentary, Val. So I either forgot or didn't know that Val Kilmer had throat cancer. I didn't that know. Sucks. Mm-hmm. I, I did not know. Yeah, I didn't know. I had the, I had no idea. What, man. But this is actually pretty interesting. By the looks of it, looks it's a pretty interesting documentary because Val Kilmer is definitely one of those actors where you're like, oh yeah, the guy from Batman and Top Gun and uh, Tombstone, and then you think kiss of kiss bang bang, which we watched. Yeah, kiss kiss bang bang, and then people talk about like, oh yeah, he was like really buff, then he got fat, and then he just disappeared, and it's like, wow, he's 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 what had it, a life. What it looks like, it, like he he's he's an artist, is what yeah. it is. Like like being an artist means like you have your ups and downs in life, and like. He's had definitely had a really crazy and cool life, and mm-hmm. it, with its ups and downs, and like uh-huh. I forget how much stuff he really has been in, and uh, like I oh. like I don't I've seen a bunch of interviews like I, Val, I like Val Kilmer a lot. Like again, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, like that mm-hmm. dude, he still makes good stuff. It's yeah. just few and far between. One other one other film that he was in that I just cannot believe he was in. Uh, he was Moses in Prince of Egypt. Right. Oh, oh I, yeah. I definitely yeah. forgot that. That's yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a. Uh, Zara sent me a clip from Prince of Egypt from Prince of Egypt, and I was like, man, I forgot how hard that soundtrack went. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Especially when we're we're at an interesting moment where, like, you know, people who th- the pre YouTube generation of celebrity has now had the opportunity if they film things on like old, old as they were going through things in the eighties and the nineties because there's the other documentary on Hulu that I forget the name of right now um, that's about like all the kids from like Growing Pains and things like that um, oh, right. having recorded themselves as they all hung out because all these sitcom kids like hung out a bunch because they were all going through the same thing and they recorded a bunch of it because it having a video camera was a new and cool thing to do. And Val has a very similar vibe of that where like I have this backlog of footage because I liked doing that. And it makes sense that a lot of that is coming 
now to kind of to the forefront where like I kind of want to analyze that you you get this this self analysis of celebrity that's uh never had the space to necessarily exist before because that only kind of belonged to like the new modern internet generation right, um, right. but now they're having the tools to really do this as well mm-hmm. um so that's really interesting yeah, yeah. He's uh, the bad guy in MacGruber, yes. and I will always respect him for, yes. for making fun of himself so much like that. Real quickly, Mag is here in the chat. Hey, hey Mag. Hello, Mag. Uh, late after day one of family vacation, I, uh, Ben said you were at a game. Yeah, he Congratulations, was at I hope you won. He, he was um, at the he was at the Dodgers game game today. He actually messaged me that he got some awesome an awesome Clayton Kershaw jersey. Nice. Good choice. He's a great pitcher. Very cool. You know what Ooh. else is a great pitcher? What? The next trailer. Which is? That's a horrible segue. <laughs> Mr. Corman, <laughs> the new Apple TV Plus you never know, series. Jo- well, actually, you're, that's a good segue because Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was in Angels in the Outfield. True that. That's true. Um, hey, guys, let's watch Joseph Gordon-Levitt go through midlife crisis. I really like Joseph Gordon-Levitt when he um, does his – like he, he you know, becomes kind of a, a creative voice also. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's got a lot of interesting things to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious that he is writing and directing this series – um, so I'm, I'm. I've already got. I'm already. Did interested. you see the movie he was in called Hesher, where he plays like a heavy rock man? I didn't. No, it's a good one. Yeah. that's a good character piece. I will check that one out. Uh, I really like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Just in general, I think we all do. Yeah, um, I like him. Like Jiggle. I said, he's the best thing in the uh, Rise of Cobra, <laughs> where he's where he's playing Cobra Commander and doing this great voice. It's definitely not like the sixth thing that comes to mind, but I know. But I, I just you. mentioned it earlier too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. No, I think this looks cool. Um, there's there's certainly potential on the table there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is also Apple TV Plus. So. Yeah, plus it up, Buttercup. Um, The Witcher season two also had a trailer. Now, which one of us didn't see it again? I watched it. So well, where he hasn't watched it. Yet. Yeah, Sparks he hasn't, hasn't seen it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Ryan, Brandon, yeah, are y'all ready to toss your coins to your Witcher? Well, of course. I'm ready for a new song that's going to be just as good, <laughs> if not better, because I still hold that her sweet kiss is the better song from season one of The Witcher. I think you might be alone on that. I'm Joe Starr is nope. with me, so I'm not I'm necessarily <laughs> alone. There you go. Okay. Right. <laughs> uh, um, unfortunately, Toss a Coin has just invaded my brain, so I'm pretty sure if I, 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 sure I, I love the heard, song. No, I'm pretty sure song. if I heard the song, I would agree with you. I love the song. I'm that, just that, saying. That's good. That's good. But uh, yeah, I'm just excited. Yeah. This so, is so Sparks, uh, I'm going to rewatch season one because lots of stuff happens in that season. It's also like a non-linear season, so like my memory on it's very ha- hazy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And like I, I just I really want you to watch it because the witch is really good. And I know you like Henry Cavill. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It's it, not a, it's not a lack of interest that's kept me away. It's just been no, I know. Like, uh, no, I know. I'm not really saying it for you. I'm saying it for audiences that don't know me. Um, you know, it's it's not a lack of interest in the Witcher. It's just been circumstances more than anything. And for a long, long time, like Megan and I were trying to do it together, and then Megan was like, "This actually, I don't think appeals to me." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." And then it just has been a hard road to find my own way to making the time for it i think we got time now though well the good news is doesn't come out till this december so we got some time we got yes the, the big deal the release date was also announced with this and it is december 17th we got this like might what? be the earliest we've seen a netflix trailer yeah i think i have to agree with you on that hmm. one yeah i'm not surprised they really want to they really want to well, get that witcher out there yeah. well also i feel like for they're probably putting a lot more money into the budget because there are some cgi scenes in the fr- in the previous season that yeah. weren't they didn't look the best yeah it was as good as that show was it definitely was a was a lower budget than mm-hmm. it looked still looked really good but it was yeah. definitely you could tell it was a lower budget yeah um yeah. so oh uh, uh, though so witcher con happened 
Um, yes. So The Witcher 3, which is a six-year-old game at this point, it is getting a PS5 and Xbox uh, uh, upgrade. It's also getting new DLC that's inspired from the show. Oh, cool. This is a six-year-old game that's getting brand new content for the PS5. Uh, oh, I'm so excited. Uh, question? <laughs> uh, so I have The Witcher 3 on my PS4. Yeah, it's, gonna, it's a free upgrade. Yes. 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 Uh, that is one game. You'll get, you'll get that a lot with your PS5. You'll be yeah. awesome. Uh, that is a game. Stuff. I will because I didn't beat all that DLC. I will 100% play that game again. I will always right. remember the day when I was on my P- PlayStation Store and no Ryan texted me. He's like Ben, Witcher Three and Mortal Kombat are on sale. <laughs> Buy them or else we're not gonna be friends anymore. I bought them. I still haven't. Still, pl- I played. Them. Well, I played Mortal Kombat. I played a little bit of the only the arcade mode. I haven't done the story yet because for future based arcade, that's gonna be coming up. I'm not gonna get spoiled, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I still haven't played Witcher Three because I know that's a hundred plus hour RPG, and I'm still right smack dab in the Near Automata, and I can't believe I can remember what happened last time I played Near Automata. You have a good memory. Uh, like Ryan said, WitcherCon did happen, and the, uh, the other thing, the other big trailer that was released for WitcherCon was the anime uh, movie, The Witcher: Nightmare of the Wolf. Um, this is coming out August 23rd, and this oh, is by Studio Mir. That's so soon. Yeah. yeah. I'm really excited for this one. I is love it, Studio Mir. This no. is a prequel, right? Is that what yeah, it is? prequel. Sweet. Yep. We didn't see a whole lot, but just from what I did see, I'm in. I love Studio Mir so much. They're my favorite animation company that Netflix works with. Um, I, I personally think they're the best. Um, Simply the best. So I, I'm really stoked for this just on that, but also I really like The Witcher, so yeah, yeah. give me more of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, they are very, very good. Oh, I need to watch Dota. I need to watch Voltron. God damn it, there's so many things I need to watch. I would recommend watching Voltron first. I, I know. Personally. See, that's why I just don't watch anything, because there's too much of it. <laughs> it can get crippling at times. All right. Uh. Encanto, the new Disney original animated film. Uh, so it's, it's, it's the X-Men. Well, it's it's the first trailer. First Disney trailers like this, they don't tell you a, a whole lot, but it does get you in the mood. It's like, hey, here's the very base premise of a thing that's going to happen. And it looks, it's it's charming. It looks gorgeous. People got powers. She don't got powers. It, it does look gorgeous. The animation's really nice. It's definitely, um, I mean, got oh. Lin-Manuel Miranda on the music. Mm-hmm, and, that he's back again. And uh, <laughs> it's just nice he to won't leave. do uh, a film that's, you know, this diverse. Yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, I'm probably going to go watch it. I'm probably going to cry. Uh, last time I had a lot of... Nope, that was Coco. Coco is when I really cried. I haven't necessarily cried from a Disney channel. From not Disney channel. From a <laughs> Disney original animated film as much as I've cried during a Pixar film. You so know what? We'll I didn't. See. I didn't cry, but I got some feelings during Moana. It's a good movie. That's a very good movie. All right. Anything else you want to say about that one before we move to the last one? I don't think so. Then what if... Marvel, baby. What if what? What if the TV series came out on August 11th? I am mm. the watcher. I would be extremely excited. It's well, crazy. good. That's what it is. It's crazy to live in a world where this show is being made. Yeah. 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 It's uh, hashtag blessed, like for real. Like, uh, like that there was that there's there are Marvel films that have gotten such notoriety that they're making an animated series that specifically says. What if different things from those movies with most of the cast coming back? That's wild. Yeah, That's ca- a wild world to live in. The characters that are confirmed to not be to not be reprising their voices are Tony Stark, obviously, mm-hmm. Steve Rogers, Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel, Howard the Duck, and the Collector. I guess I'm eating crow on that one because, uh, like last week, I was like, they'll probably get him. Um, 
I'm wrong. I was, I'm actually I'm shocked that there's no Captain Marvel. I yeah. figured Brie Captain Larson. Marvel, the Brie Larson not coming back. I'll is be a honest. Surprising one. I'm shocked that Seth Green isn't Howard the Duck. That seems like an easy. <laughs> yeah. get. That's also true. That seems like an easy get. I was like, hey Seth, you want to be Howard the Duck in an anime show? It's like I fe- just let him do it. Yeah, that's a weird one. I honestly thought that they'd already said Benedict Cumberbatch was part of this, so I was kind of surprised to see that Doctor Strange wasn't. And yeah. I guess I made that up. Um, or just assume because he was so prominently featured in the you early material so, that yeah, I yeah. was like, oh, I'm sure Ben Cumberbatch when they, is back. When they announced the voice cast and they put all the pictures up, we, ki- we kind of they kind of did it with the assumption that we would they would get others. Yeah, like that wasn't mm-hmm. all so far. But it looks I think like they were. Was. I think there were negotiations too. I think that's the reason why nothing was specifically set. Yeah, I think there were still negotiations and negotiations didn't pan out yeah. it looks like which some, sucks there's some crossover like dr strange meets captain marvel captain carter, captain carter. yeah mm-hmm. um yeah. yeah there's like the guardians of the multiverse and whatever um some crazy stuff and they're they're introducing stuff like from the comics directly like they're doing marvel zombies thor without a beard thor, wow cr- yeah wild. party thor is what it's called in the party thor, uh, party thor. Hearing, um uh hearing chadwick boseman as uh, oh that's sweet again. it's the yeah. last time he will be t'challa yep yeah. and uh i mean i know that w- if that's his last time as T'Challa. That's um, it's well, obviously it wasn't his last movie because that one movie, uh, what was it called? The Netflix one. Oh, Ma Rainey's. That, um, I forgot the rest of it. Yeah, yeah, that because that was his last his last actual movie movie. But knowing that this is the last project he was on that's being released is definitely gonna be a gut punch. But I just love the that ending scene where he says a Ravager is not alone, and it's it's like uh, yeah, do. <sighs> it so looks good. really interesting, like. When we first heard about it, we had assumed that the idea would be like, what if a certain thing happened in a movie that changed the movie a bit um, or or a lot? But it looks like they're branching out from that premise and doing because Marvel Zombies is part of this. And I, I have a hard time thinking what movie could have turned into Marvel Zombies, <laughs> but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they honestly, like, they could just do the easy route and just be like, oh, something landed from space. But, just but something we see, easy. Like, we see, like, the Winter Soldier fighting zombie Captain America. Yeah. So I'm like, it's it, it's not Winter Soldier that did it. No. It's really, he it's, it's going to be really crazy just to see this all unfold, like, knowing them playing in this alternate space is, is just really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I wish that they got the full, <laughs> gosh darn it, Astra. Um, I wish that they got the full... Voice MCU cast back because that would make it mm-hmm. like really like the majority are, yeah. um, but it would really make them. We still don't know about Tom Holland though, huh? His picture's up there in the beginning, but they've neither confirmed nor denied him yeah. reprising Spider-Man. That one must be a tough one because of so yeah. So I've I've been wondering that one because um, he's in what right, if? but they didn't list him in the not being reprised, but he's also not ris- listed in reprised yeah. either. So mm. I don't know. Um, All I know is I saw like an Ultron vision, and I'm like, that seems pretty. Maybe cool. it'll be like yeah. when Drake Bell replaced Josh Keaton. Some, and some Avengers: Earth's mm-hmm. Heroes. Some interesting stuff uh, there for sure. I whose head is that? Scott Lang's. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's Paul Rudd's voice that comes out of it. Ah. Oh, okay. Weird, right? I was, I was wondering who that was. Oh, I thought uh, I was wondering if it was Bruce. Um, Mag said Mag said something about uh, Howard the Duck. He mostly did Howard. Uh, voice Howard on the cartoon series on Disney. Uh, oh, that's true. Oh, okay. He's on that Guardian show. Seth Green? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah he well, is. I was thinking of it just because Seth Green the is the voice of Howard yeah. in the post credit scene in the no, MCU. But, so. but I mean, I just... Too. even. But he brings up a good point. Like He's done even more than that as the character. Yeah, yeah. So it's, so even it's really weirder. weird. Yeah. yeah, that's so yeah. weird. Maybe uh, he doesn't talk. <laughs> oh, maybe. Maybe he just doesn't talk. All right, yeah. shall we get into our... Um, Yeah, uh, I guess so. Oh, did you have more to say? I don't know. 
I'm just <laughs> I'm just really intrigued by what if, and I and I I feel like there's no world where we don't see uh, Jeffrey Wright as the Watcher in some movie yeah. at some point. Uh, this the first uh, first season will be ten episodes, and then yeah. they're gonna do uh, season two. Seasons are confirmed so far, oh, and sweet. they said that. Uh, They'll have there are potentially more MCU animated stuff in development. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if this ex- expands out. We, we're still we'll find out in a week if this is actually expanding out of Loki, which I suspect that it might yeah. be in mm. some way. Um, Watcher and Loki confirmed. Yeah. Uh, well, we see Loki in the, in the trailer, so the Watcher in Loki. Yeah, Loki. Oh, with, uh, okay. Loki oh, uh, oh, I remember now. Uh, I'm really interested in seeing who that, uh, if that is Shuri or who the other Black Panther is in the world where T'Challa's Star Lord. Because if you're looking at that Avengers pan around, oh, and they yeah. do the Avengers oh, shot, yeah. and the far left is a different Black Panther. Oh, I didn't even see that. Okay. Oh, good point. Yeah. Oh, it's got to be Shuri. Yeah, it has to be. Or it's, uh, or it's, uh, or it's Peter Quill. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. Um, <laughs> oh, my oh, God. God. <laughs> Lordy. Killmonger. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh. All right. Shall we get into our news? Uh, nope. We just did the news. Shall we get into our review? main topic? My gourd is so strong. <laughs> I lost the coaster. All right, we're back. It's gone from the from the the break. The music that just happened. We took a thirty minute break. Um, so <laughs> full spoilers. For Black Widow, the 24th film in the MCU. $240 million, everybody. And every other MCU movie, if you... Technically, I guess. Yeah, and show. Spoilers for the Avengers from 2012. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so full spoilers for Black Widow. We're reviewing Black Widow, so let's get right into it. What do we think about this one? Ben. She dies. (laughs) Damn, spoilers for Endgame. (laughs) Wow. That's why I said every other MCU movie. Right right away, spoiling Endgame. No, we we set ourselves up for this. No, you're right. I haven't seen Endgame, Ben. Bullshit. It's true. I wasn't it's there. not you tried to make a shirt that said a Ven game on it and wear that to the uh, day we went. And so anyways, real thoughts. Um, I highly enjoyed it, but this is definitely a Marvel movie that I'm not going to go back to anytime soon. Whew. Ryan. I'm, I'm conflicted, if I'm being honest. I really like it, but it's just like she's dead. Like Ben's right. Like she's dead. And this movie came out after, and it just feels like why did this movie come out? I enjoyed it. And I'm sure the further I get away from it from a couple years from now, I'm sure I'll feel better about it. But right now, mm-hmm. I'm just like, bro, she's dead. <laughs> it's, it's, just we- it's just weird. If the movie were more important, maybe. But, like, bro, she died. <laughs> I, I don't know. Sparks? Um, we're going to get into, like, all the reasons why and that kind of stuff. But I'm definitely sitting at, like, this is slightly above middle of the road, I think. Um, I d- I- if I'm giving, like, a general broad stroke real quick, is that... This movie thrives mostly on the performances of the supporting cast more than anything, but I, I think I think Scarlett Johansson's able to give a lot to this as well, more than she ever was before. Um, uh, but the performances of the main four characters is what makes this movie work, and I think absent that, the movie has far less going for it. Um, besides the action and and the score, full disclosure. Uh, friend <laughs> a friend of uh Brandon and I's uh Luigi worked on the score for the film so I I paid extra special attention to the score this time around um he was the score arranger for it which is great Luigi Jansen you can see him in the in the credits which is really awesome so I'm a little biased about the score but I thought the score was really good um but yeah there's just it just slightly sails above the middle of the road uh I really enjoyed this I thought this was a lot of fun um I do agree that a lot of it is due to the supporting characters. 
Um, uh, for me, it's I don't think it's not sure where it sits in my MC ranking. I know it's it's not. It doesn't break top ten. Oh yeah, definitely not, not even. Not <laughs> even <laughs> but it's it, it, but I I had a really good time. I did too. I did too. And I think here's the thing for me. I think it's to its detriment and to its success. It does a better job of being a setup film for Florence Pugh than it is a send-off film for Natasha. It's a good I think it's a good origin for our new Black Widow. I think it's a kind of bad movie for the one we have right now. Yeah. I I totally agree because when I was because I was when this movie was coming out, I was like where in where in the MCU is this, this does this take place and we find out it takes place right after civil war so and then i had was like okay it's been a while been what a while. happened in civil war dot 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 okay now i know well that's why legends is there ben on disney plus I you did. go and you watch it and it I recaps and you, you on everything that happened i'd rather watch it. civil war so i, I so i'll be perfectly honest i only have one major critique with this film and it is taskmaster well, cool. Let's do that. I'm glad one right it's only away. one. Oh. I have a couple. Um, I, I, I have a few too. I said, so. I said major. Right. I said major. Everything else that I'll critique, probably even agree with you guys, never did hurt my hurt my interest in this film. Like Taskmaster did, and I'm not a huge Taskmaster master guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't the, think you have to be. I think the character in the movie is bad. And that's what and, and that's what I'm saying is what it what it is. I get thematically why why they they did that in the movie, but why does it have to be Taskmaster? Why can't it just be a widow? Yeah. And beyond that, it gives you PTSD from those early 2000s uh, uh, movies, uh, comic book movies. X Men Origins Wolverine. Where where we figured we were beyond this now, this yeah. sort of thing. Name dro- na- name recognition for the sake of name recognition. Uh-huh. We're beyond mm-hmm. that with the MCU. Why do we need that? Yeah. Yeah. Like what? Even like the. We've read a Taskmaster book, a few of them, right? No, just no. one. Just the one? We read the one Taskmaster book as a book club for this show, and I highly enjoyed it. Even when I'm going back to play Marvel vs. Capcom 3, I'm playing Taskmaster, I'm like, oh, I know that guy. I, I read a really good book of his. He's a friend from work. Yeah, so mm-hmm. watching, so seeing Taskmaster, I was like, why is he silent? And then while I watch this movie, I'm like, okay, it's been a while, but if I remember correctly, he talks a lot in the books. Oh, yeah. The thing is, I get the, I get the implication to make Drakov's daughter, kind of a ghost for, for Natasha. I love that idea. I think it's a really yeah. cool execution. Idea. That sucks. It just doesn't work as Taskmaster. Yeah, no, uh, not at all. No, like you know when Taskmaster like really freaked me out in a really good way. Spider-Man for the PS4. Oh yeah, yeah. He just shows it's up fun. out of nowhere and wrecks your shit. I think I think everything involving again like the action involving Taskmaster I think is excellent. I think the mimicry is really good. It's just like it's just a boring henchman antagonist. Like mm-hmm. it, again, it didn't have to be Taskmaster. It could have been any nameless villain. It could have just been the Red and Widow. It could have been anybody. I, 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 I want to like, I do want to keep doing this Taskmaster conversation, but I do want to expand it a little bit because he, he, I, I'm. Oh, Drakov also sucks. No, because so, yeah. I well, because I'm kind of agreeing with you about like, the the henchman thing, but I'm like, I don't think, I like it being Taskmaster is its own problem. Taskmaster has personality in the comics that it sucks to not have that here, and yes, it. it Gives me the same vibes as X Men Origins Wolverine, what you're referring to, Brandon, with Deadpool, um, the way that they handled that. I hate that I have to say uh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it, it sucks. That sucks. Uh, but I think the idea of it being Drakov's daughter, being controlled by Drakov, all that kind of stuff, even as a henchman robbed of personality, would have worked for me. Had Drakov been allowed as a character to lean more into the idea of him seeing women as instruments, had they actually expanded that concept and made him more than just bad the Russian guy yeah. and actually actually 
tackled the concept of why he ran the Black Widow program, it's, why yes. he thought that was okay, why he was so okay to even do this to his own daughter, had that been so prominent, the tragedy of what happened to her, not just because of what Natasha did, but what her father did to her, would have made her silence throughout the film more effective so that at the end when that line comes where she says, is he, is he gone, would have the emotional gut punch that I want it to. Yes. And I don't think that's a Taskmaster problem. I think that's a Drakeoff problem. I, I yeah, again, Taskmaster. Uh, I, the the overall problem for me in this movie is all the antagonists. Every everything that 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 the widows have to go against, I think, kind of sucks. I think Drakeoff sucks. He's introduced in the movie way too late. The first half of the movie, it's a lot of telling me, well, not you showing see him me. At the beginning of the movie, you see him at the beginning of the movie. That's still not telling me who that character uh, is. Real quickly, um, Mag, I have to bring this up nicely. Felt Weinstein vibes. Um, oh, I'm sure that wasn't uh, was uh, purposeful. Yeah. I, and honestly, like I agree with you. Like he was gross, but he wasn't um, effectively villainous. Like, yeah, he was a creepy, gross dude about the way he talked about the women. But like, it was all talk. It wasn't. It, there, there was no. I wanted him to he be able to talk anything. to expand on. He has this great line where he talks about uh, the world's. Uh, Cheapest uh, commodity, cheapest like yeah. like most uh, abundant natural resource uh, that he girls. can just dispose of is girls, and like I wish that ideology were completely permeating his entire personality throughout yes. the film, and that that were a huge thing about like how other people talked about him when he wasn't on screen, how he was presented when he was present, but he's just generic bad Russian dude. He's a bad James who's Bond misogynistic, villain. and like yeah, okay, but like we could have done more. We could have done more to have tackled the reason why this guy was so good at and so driven to run this program, and we didn't do it. Yeah, that's my biggest problem with this movie. It's like if if this is the last time that like <coughs> this is our this is the final Natasha Black Widow story. So it's got to be a story that's important to her story that we can tell it now and it'll be vital. I didn't think this movie did almost anything to her because. In the next movie, she sacrifices herself because she doesn't have a family, and the Avengers are her family. So this movie literally has no point because, like, it doesn't. It has no relevance to, to the sequel movie. Uh, I really want to talk about that bit real quick. Um, Sparks, you tweeted, you retweeted a spoiler that someone um that post. I mean, I saw it bef- after I saw the movie. I did say content warning, Black Widow spoiler. Y- you did, you did, you did. But the tweet was essentially about how in Endgame, uh, Steve Rogers asked, "Does she have any f- or?" So, uh, Does she have family? Yeah. No, us. Yeah, yeah, us. It's like, now that's gone. Yep. That's like, she does have a family. She has the Crimson Well, he, Dyn- never, said, he never says no, she didn't. She, he just he says, yeah, us, because he didn't know I mean, about she, her family. I mean, yeah, she does say that the Avengers are No, he are says her no, family. us. No, he says, yeah, us. Bro, I just Bra- watched the Brandon's, scene. Brandon's right. right. It is, okay. yeah, us. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, but it's still, it's he's talking about them. He's talking about the Avengers. But, but I, even to Brandon's point, like, my thing is that I can't believe that in the five years of Endgame, Natasha never once talked about her sister. That's yeah. the exactly. and that's the yeah. thing. But but like even these kind of semantic things aside, the imp- the arc of Endgame story is the point that the reason Natasha did this is because these were the only people that she felt like she truly earned yes. her place with, had a home with, mm-hmm. had a family with. And this, while it doesn't, I think entirely undo that message it certainly tarnishes it in an idea of how you would look at it chronologically so what another reason why i want kind of nitpick that bit a little bit more is because with movies like these with um or with i'm just gonna call this movie a spinoff because that's what it feels like it feels like a spinoff or a a, or a tie-in to the main thing aren't all mcu film spinoffs then yeah 
Yeah. Technically. Yeah. Technically. I mean, this can this could be a yeah. technical origin for Yelena. This could be a spinoff yeah. for Black Widow. Like, yeah. It could be all but the reason why I say this is that the reason why I have a problem with it is is that they s- have these lines that obviously people like us are going to nitpick, like that one Twitter user did with the whole family thing. And it, I feel like whoever wrote this didn't, I mean, they did do the research, but didn't do it well enough. It's like, why wouldn't Natasha mention the uh, to the Avengers? Like, yeah, I the um the the Red Guardian is my well, air quotes dad. Well, the thing is, like, the problem, the unfortunate thing is that's not this movie's problem. That's Endgame's problem. Like this movie, it's not this movie's fault mm-hmm. because what could they do? Like, it's this movie's trying to tell, and I do think a good story about her family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The problem is that Endgame really, really kind of drives that film into the dirt, and this had to take place before because they killed her. Mm-hmm. Um, and and honestly, like watching this only dr- drove me further into. I felt this way when we first reviewed Endgame. Um, Natasha's death was just badly handled and maybe the wrong choice mm-hmm. the whole time. And I remain that way, and this only makes me feel more firm in that way. Um, this movie. It's unfortunate this movie had to be made after Endgame to retroactively instill a lot of this because it means that Endgame can't serve to contribute to the foundation that this film was supposed to build in her character. And that just sucks. That's just the reality. It's not this film's fault, but it is what it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Real quickly, uh, John Radley in the chat. Hey, I know that guy. Um, I have to imagine she would have brought up Alexi to him after all of his boasting, speaking to a conversation. A hundred percent. Yeah, no, that that and again, like Spark said, it's not this movie's fault. We danced around it, but Ike Perlmutter was the reason why this film took so long to Oof. get made. Yeah. Bro, um, we got quotes for days about all the shitty things he said. Even that being said, though, I Ryan and I talked about this like outside a podcast, like the right way to do this would have been to have this movie made. This should have been made in the place of like. I would almost argue Captain Marvel. I was going to say Captain or Marvel. Even, or even just uh, uh, in in the year right after Civil Wars when this should have been made. Like um, this movie? Like, like when Ike wasn't still involved, yeah. but they had to get to Endgame because of contracts and everything. I get it, but that's, and, that's where that's we're at. And that's the thing. If, this, if there was no pandemic, this would have came out one year after Endgame, right? That's still after she died. Like I just, I it's just they really screwed <coughs> themselves by not just making the movie when they could have. After Ike was gone, they still had the chance. They still could have done it. Well, you, you're you're right. I didn't. Even, I never thought about the idea that you could have done this instead of Captain Marvel because what does Captain Marvel uh, add to Endgame? She just uh, other than c- you would know her when she shows up, but you could have done that retroactively anyway. Yeah, they met mm-hmm. her in the five year time span. That would have been or cool. Whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, oh, who's that really cool lady? I want to watch a movie about her, Captain Marvel. Like, yeah. It, the, the window existed for them to have planned this better to to have so they talked a lot about how um Ragnarok Infinity War and Endgame told a large narrative for Bruce uh-huh. and the Hulk and you know what I agree I see the arc I see the arc and pattern that they that they designed there that's there that's how Natasha should have been handled for this in tandem with those two films as well. There should have been an arc about what she discovered in this film related to how she behaves through Infinity War and Endgame with the other people. Um, that doesn't exist. That yeah. sucks. <laughs> I, I I go back, you know, like you go and watch Infinity War now. Yeah, she's wearing a vest she got from her sister. That doesn't mean jack shit in that <laughs> movie because they didn't know that when they made it. Nope. Like, that I, sucks. So here's the thing, like, at... at, at the vest thing for me went way too long. I really liked it at the beginning. 
I thought it was great. Look at all the pockets. Like, I think mm-hmm. that's hilarious. But, like... Especially the way she delivered it. Yes. Oh, her yeah. bits with it are so good. Then it's, like, the, it keeps going on. And it's, like, no, you take the jacket. Then she's wearing it at the end. Like, it's supposed to be of, like, this is the character's outfit. And I'm, like, it's a vest. It's a vest. It's a vest. O- honestly, if Sparks didn't say it, that was the vest that we see it's Natasha wearing in, in, uh, in, in not an Endgame, Infinity War. Yeah. I wouldn't have remembered. I didn't remember that. I didn't well, know it was her I thing. Didn't care. While we're on, yeah. while we're on the continuity flubs, uh, I, I I feel comfortable enough bringing this up. The idea that like, I thought the Quinjet they that Captain America uses to break everyone out of jail was the Quinjet he flew to Siberia and just flew away with it afterwards, <laughs> with Bucky in tow. Yeah, I didn't. Ar- the 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 guy talking about like wasted characters the her friend dude yeah what's his name what's his name i don't know he doesn't have a name he had a poster he doesn't have a name his name is agent you're right he has a poster he has a poster and he doesn't have a name he was there to make you think he was taskmaster and you know what that would have been a cool reveal never but it never crosses my mind i know not once i still i still when we met okay so i have a lot of positive things to say about this movie we'll get to it Uh, (laughs) you will me too no me too but like i just like i gotta get it out um this isn't negative, but like I just thought of uh, Rachel Weiss. I was still on the assumption Rachel, Rachel Weiss was Taskmaster, especially when she was killing that pig. And I'm like, she's so evil. What do you mean? And then I'm like, oh no, she just forgot what love is. Uh, I thought I thought that was great. <laughs> uh, I I think that like a lot of the reason why this negativity comes out and because like I the the stuff we were talking about with Jacob and Taskmaster, like that's just a problem with this movie. But then there's other things that are just essentially a problem with this film because like this film had to happen after they decided to already kill this character and the shitty thing is the thing that really bums me out is that because of the press stuff around this movie we found out something that we didn't know before which is that i assume scarlett johansson was just ready to bow out and that's why she was killed off in endgame that's not true kevin feige came to her and told her we're killing black widow yeah and she revealed that in a press thing and i'm like well that stinks if you guys remember i didn't hear that yeah right so um so in the editing they couldn't decide who were they going to kill with Hawkeye or Black Widow, and it was originally going to be Hawkeye. And the editor of the movie said it would have been more powerful if it, if if like Black Widow was allowed to make this choice as the woman or whatever. And that was the choice they made. And that goes to show you they were still indecisive in the editing of that who should they kill. So that means you know what it's not really important. That uh, to be to be perfectly fair, we heard about Endgame's editing issues for a long time. They were yeah. very clear about like when they were writing when they were editing Endgame, they weren't sure how the movie was going to go. But again, like if if it's like if you can just kill either character with like no consequence, then like maybe you shouldn't do it because it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so that but that was a bummer because I assumed that the reason that she was stepping out of the MCU was because she wanted to. Yeah. I had assumed that too. Uh, that apparently is not true. That's um, a shame. She has now said because she f- now feels comfortable enough to. But in press interviews, like right now, she's been like, "No, I was told that Black Widow was dying," so she was escorted out of this series I, and essentially I, I like she said some silly things in interviews and stuff but I really like Scarlett Johansson as as Black Widow like I like that character and I really like Black this, Widow as a character this movie made me want more yes. of her being able to actually do stuff on her own mm-hmm. because I'm like look she could hold a movie fine like yeah. that wasn't the issue that is not the issue in this movie <laughs> is can she hold the movie in yeah. another world we could have gotten a trilogy of these before yeah. Ryan and I literally talked about like what we really needed was a movie that's like pre Iron Man 2 a movie that's post Winter Soldier and then this one, yeah, post Civil yeah. War, and, post and that should Soldier be a trilogy one. of Black Widow films. The post Winter Soldier one is one I've been tr- I've been trying. I've been you and me lamenting, both. Like you and me we both should have gotten this after Winter Soldier. Yeah, uh, and it's uh, and I'm sure there is a, a, a part of Kev- you know I'm sure Kevin Feige wishes that that's something they'd done. Yeah, but it still doesn't change the fact that like her being cut out now and then us having this and like what what this movie shows we could have had and like where. 
just not only like oh the potential but also knowing like man even the good character stuff that is here most of it for her is is a dead end because it's not built on and, in the yeah. movies that technically follow it if it's this just, movie if this movie could have come out way earlier and like we again we have a trilogy of these movies and these characters so when she does die it affects the avengers and her russian family like that would have been like so impactful and so great and I'm just like, man, just like, oh, I hate, I hate business decisions. I, I do, I mean, I do appreciate that we get some. Um, there's a post credit thing, um, obviously. Um, I do ap- appreciate that we're getting that we have context now for why Elena is in the Hawkeye series. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I think that's kind of cool that it, it stems from her death in Endgame. Yes. Yep. Um, and even though we are losing a a pretty good Black Widow. Florence Pugh is a much better actress. So we're going to get, get a really good Florence Black Pugh's Widow. Yelena, I'm 100% on board with. I cannot believe. I had no idea what that character was going to be. I have never fallen so in love with a character so fast. You Me guys. too. Holy oh, shit. That This is where the positivity is about to come in because like all four of the Russian family characters, all of them, flawless. I have no problems with any of the good characters. Dan Harbour, Rachel Weisz, Florence Pugh, David, all, Harbour. David Harbour, thank you, all three of them, I effing love in this movie. And, there, if and I were to watch this... If I'm the, if I'm gonna watch this sooner, the only reason why is because of those three. Yeah, honestly, Anne Scarlett Johansson was just able to. I think she was allowed to do more yes. with her character by having scenes with those characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the the whole scene between her and um, Melina, uh, Rachel Wise's character, where they're in their separate rooms and and she's telling her about what really happened to her mom. Uh, some of the best Natasha work Scarlett Johansson's ever been allowed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, she's bringing it. Yeah. It's just that some parts of the film are not serving to tell this story the best, but everything about their family unit, that's that's great. I have that's so golden, it's what elevates the film. I, yeah. have, I have a note that says, you know, for the most part, the actions, whatever, I'm not crazy about any of the action sequences in this movie, um, but I really love the heart of the movie. Mm-hmm. I really like mm-hmm. that, Nata- that that Scarlett Johansson is able to bring more to Natasha, and I really like uh, all of the the hidden sadness that the three others bring to their characters. It is so good. Yeah. Um. And uh, we t- mentioned Florence Pugh is incredible in the role of Elena. She's the standout for me in this in this movie. Probably my favorite Florence Pugh role at this point. Um. As much as I love Midsummer, like this is for me like. So much fun. She's so much fun in this. I really need to get to that um, fighting with my family movie. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, she was. I hear she's really great. Isn't in she that. in that? Um, um, uh, uh, Indy, Indy goes west. Wide, Fido goes west. What's the, what's the drama? Fightful goes west. No, it's like a not Fightful goes got west. Got Aubrey Plaza in it. No, that's not her. That's not her. Oh, that's uh, Elizabeth Olsen. That's Elizabeth Olsen. Gotcha. Yeah, that's a good movie. It Ingrid, is a good movie. Ingrid, Ingrid goes, goes west. west. There you go. I was close. Yeah. Um, like Final Five Goes West is a sequel. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. yeah. Anyway, um, I I thought that just those three, the three of them, just the heart of this movie was so there for me. The humor of this movie was so there. Yeah, for me. Yeah. The um, uh, like the dry, like the dry humor, like it almost always worked for me, especially with David Harbor. Like somebody, somebody pointed out, like the nice thing about Black Widow's humor is that it comes from character interaction mm-hmm. rather than from like witty dialogue yeah. bits or jokes. It's all about like situational humor of these characters interacting with each mm-hmm. other which is just so good i didn't think this movie would be as funny as yeah it i was. think it's actually pretty well written for the character stuff yeah yeah, yeah. uh that like that dinner scene like when they're all around a table like we've seen it in the trailers but like when yelena's like i thought it was real and then like, she goes deeper into it and like because she was six years old like she's hey, a right. child natasha don't slouch 
Just yeah. like yeah. when Rachel Weiss instantly <laughs> turning into a mom is like, hey, don't slouch. And, yeah, yeah. and seeing like the love that uh, David Harper's character, and, uh, Melina and uh, um, Alexi. uh, Alexi's character, they, they still they still love each oh other. My God. All, even line. though their marriage was air quotes fake, yeah. he loves her. Yeah. Every, and she loves him. Everything, and like, everything that was about that family, like all of them have their own personal approach and reason and it's not even you know it's never overtly stated for all of them Yelena's is but like the rest of them it's all kind of under the surface stuff but it's clearly present that they all have different views on what their family was like what that time meant to them but it for all of them it was important and they're all kind of handling or hiding that Mm -hmm. in their own way uh, and trying to move past it in their own way, and it's not working when they all have to come back together. You can tell, and I think that's really, really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Uh, y- Yelena takes much more after Alexi because, like, she's got his sense of humor, whereas Natasha's a little more strict, like her mom. And I'm uh-huh. like, I love that. Like, you could see like the family parallels because, like, Alexi's just like ripping jokes all the time. It was three years, but it's the closest thing to like parental influence Absolutely. that Yelena or or Natasha ever um, had. My, honestly, my favorite line in the whole movie might be Alexi going, I have so much energy. And he's like, this is a, Mar- Marvel movies are notoriously not horny. This movie's pretty horny. Oh, very this horny. This movie's pretty the, horny. Pretty. The Disney films have been notoriously not horny. Yes, thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. The yeah. Paramount films were very Oh, horny. Iron Man Super. sleeping with chicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, if you all remember the Incredible Hulk joke where he starts to... I can't get that excited. To <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Starts beeping. Yeah, him and Betty are making it. I was like, can't get that uh, excited. This was a big, like, big, like, fun spy movie. And, like, it was doing, like... Uh, so the guy who did the score also did the score for the last Lord mission... Who did the score for the last Mission Impossible movie. I'm like, well, that makes sense. This feels very Mission impossible Um And, like, the face-swapping stuff. There was actually a twist that I didn't expect, but like, face oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And that's oh, the I, Rachel Weiss being, yeah, so yeah. I still was, that was a great swap that Rachel Weiss was still evil. Cause she called the shield that she called the red room team. It's real good like, twist. And then she turns out, Oh, she did it for the family. And she's the one in prison. Uh, I thought the pheromone stuff, that is that is something straight out of Metal Gear Solid, so I loved it. People online <laughs> seem to not like it. I love it. I think the pheromone, you can't touch me, you got to break your nose thing, is awesome. So here's what I'll say about that. Like, I think that the idea of, like, what the, of the pheromone thing and both the, also the, like, the gas that helps break them free of the mind control, both of those things I think are really clever and good bits. Mm-hmm. My issue is that it's just still not taken up to the notch of, like, Dracov's villainy in designing these things. Yeah. You know, like, uh, it's also surface level when I'm like, please drive him home yeah. on the fact that he went so deep to create these things to control women around him. Yeah. Uh, I think that's so cool um, as concepts, but he himself is not serving oh, I those agree. concepts. He sucks. No, I know. And that's yeah. really where my issue comes from is I'm like, this is really, this is a really ingenious and sick and gross thing. And I don't think you're reveling in it enough or, or justifying enough the person who would have created this. Like, he really, like, he really should have been in the movie. And I understand why they, they like, uh, you had to pretend. I don't even think he needed to be in the movie more. He did need to be amplified in the scenes he's in. Yeah. Other people needed to talk about him in the way that made it impactful of, like, you need to understand just how absolutely vile this yeah. person is, especially to women. Because to me, he just Melina should have yeah. Melina should have been the vehicle for talking about it more and at the farmhouse. Melina seems more evil than he does sometimes, like... Killing pitch and she yeah. and she should have like opened up a lot about it. Uh, honestly, it should have been coming mostly from her. Yeah. Um. And I wish that had happened. Uh. Because that again, like that is for me, like Drakoff should have more of a pathology that actually makes him stand apart. Yeah. Because because uh, he's just like evil just for power. Like. Yeah. Well, and like if you're gonna have this like message of like this man controlling women kind of thing, and like y- you want to be this pro pro ladies movie. 
that's tackling this misogynistic asshole like mm-hmm. actually drive home how f- much of a misogynistic asshole he is not just with like the the surface level stuff but like yeah. really make him a disgusting gross person yeah in uh, in like every facet and yeah. I, in a way where like other people have to talk about like how terrible the things he does to women are and i feel like it's all it's never even like when they do kind of go into it like yelena talking about like because it's it's played for comedy and it is funny but like talking about grossing alexi out about how she talks about how they were oh the hysterectomy yes oh dude they uh, just flush it all out uh not attaching that directly to Drakov in the moment is is not helping to contribute that image of him you're right and it should be it should be like this is the thing that Drakov put us through it's true uh, there's a moment I really, I really like. Not to handbrake turn into no. It's fine. It's fine. I just for that one. I just wanted to to put that out there. Um, I there's a there's a lot of fun parallels that Elena plays with in this movie. Um, that I think really w- work really well to her character as far as humor and emotion. There's the one where she says, "This would be a really, this would be a pretty cool, pl- cool way to die with the avalanche." And then mm-hmm. she says. This would not be a cool place to die, um, yes. and and but then the the bit where she's about to destroy the ship, which does not look as bad as the internet is making it out to be. Um, yeah, out of context. I will say, out of context, it does not look good. But uh, but when she said yeah. when she does the thing and she says it was fun. Here's that's a really cool. That's a really good emotional beat for me. I I do want to talk about. I don't think like I think I hear what everybody's saying about that moment. I don't agree about the part of it that looks bad. The part of it that looks bad to me is Natasha. In no. front of that bad green screen, that looks no. so much like she's not there. Yeah, that one is hard for me to to that like because I've seen that clip floating around. I'm like, I don't know what y'all are complaining about. The real problem here is <laughs> Natasha in front of that green screen. Yeah. That looks that looks real not good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I uh, I didn't think uh, uh, I disagree about the action. I didn't think any of it was like like this is not the best action movie in the MCU, but I thought all of the hand-to-hand scenes were pretty good. I, I, think it's cool. I especially think the the first bridge scene between Taskmaster, yes. I think that's excellent. I, I think, think that's probably one the best of the things. The reason why I bring up the action is because one of the things that the, we knew was going to happen in this movie, because we know about, we talked about it before on the show, the MCU action sequences are often done by second unit directors with no input from the first unit directors. Um, and we've, we heard about the first director that was attached to this movie left because of that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at something like Bird's Prey, which has a really good action sequence. Which have really good action sequences, really inventive. Like it's clear that the director's eye. You look at some of the some of the other directors in the MCU, such as James Gunn. You know they they really they really like try to bring in their voice to the action sequences. Um, I think the action is good. It works for the movie, but there's nothing in it that says to me like this isn't. This is just kind of MCU action again. I think what is cool is how effectively like you can spot. The hero's taskmaster is mimicking. Sure, yeah. is yeah. is is cool that it's there. I will say I'm mildly underwhelmed by Alexi and Taskmaster's final fight I am in too. the third act. Yeah. I wish it was better mm-hmm. and bigger. Uh, my favorite action sequence, actually, that I don't think is getting talked about enough, is all th- is the big car chase. Yeah, that's oh, my sure. favorite action uh, piece. The part where Yelena swerves the car and makes the door pop off and take yeah. out the motorcyclist. I'm like, this is good shit. Yeah, this is real good shit. And the that's way the tank like comes around after them, I was yeah. like, this is real solid. Yeah. Um, I think that's actually the the best, the s- most solid action mm-hmm. piece throughout. And I like, 
I, I think the ending isn't good, but I do like the final when everything's falling through the sky. I think that looks pretty good. Yeah, I do And like too. Taskmaster with the sword. Yeah, I think it looks really good too, yeah. the way she's sliding down when he comes out. Like we've seen it in the trailer, but I'm like, this yeah. this looks pretty cool. The the motion of this movie works so well for me that doing this show, I know where Yelena's going to show up next. We heard that she was going to be in mm-hmm. Hawkeye. Yeah. Um, when she does the, it was fun, and she, blows, and she always blows herself up, I, for a moment, was so entrenched in the emotion of the movie that I forgot that she wasn't, that she didn't have plot armor. Mm. Yeah. That she was going to be okay. I was like, oh no. So this is the other thing is that like Elena getting to g- to put in the final move on Drakeoff I like. I just wish again more of that direct like connotation of like how bad he is not just to Natasha but to everyone was yeah. made clear. But it feels like it's only in some ways personally addressed for Natasha. Uh, like obviously Elena has a dog in the fight but again like I feel too often that it's just talked about as the red room the badness of the this program, this thing, and I'm like, please associate it directly to Drakeoff. Like, yeah. let's talk about how Drakeoff is the person who does all the bad things mm-hmm. here. Um, uh, his Sky Fortress is cool. It's awesome. Yeah. Real, real Eggman vibes, right, Ben? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, when I first saw the trailer for this that showed the falling, I was kind of worried about the stakes being about the the scale of the movie being so high. I really wanted a more kind of Mission Impossible, like like Ryan keeps talking mm-hmm. about, uh, feel to the movie. And I, um, the Sky Fortress was not as big of a deal as I thought it was going to be for those trailers, and so it, I did get much more of a Mission Impossible like uh, type of. I'm, film, I'm with I was, you. Yeah, I was like, like "Oh, 100%. are they falling off like a satellite in the yeah. s- in space?" Like, right. No, yeah. We were, we were. I think we were all on that note, and I'm, I'm pleased with the way that 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 yeah. rounds uh, out. The thing that I'm that I'm because I know Sparks. We talked about it a lot before, but like how subdued this movie was in being a Marvel movie. Like, oh, sure. I was expecting Hawkeye. I was expecting Nick Fury. Yes, I was so glad I that we didn't see a cap. I was so yeah. glad we didn't see flashbacks to Budapest. Yeah. Outside of Drakeoff's daughter, uh, the, that explosion, which I think, footage, is, though, it, yeah. I think that's important. Yeah. But I was glad we didn't see, like, there, there's a reference to Hawkeye's arrows, but we don't see a flashback to, like, the moment when he was there with her, yes. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, there's the, the there's the reference to them hiding in the, in the events, in the events yeah. which with I all think the, is cool. With all the tic-tac-toe and the hangman. The, the thing that's is, the thing is, when uh, the thing about Budapest that always annoyed me was that the fandom thought that when she said it was like Budapest, it meant aliens were involved or something was involved, something big happened in Budapest. And I'm like, no, they were just cornered in the same situation. You can see it in the damn movie. So yeah. I'm really happy that they were like, Black Widow, yeah, they were in Budapest. That's where they killed Dracos' daughter. And then they had a shootout with some people. Now, I will say, uh, and I didn't actually expect it. This is one that I haven't talked to you guys about, about a cameo, but I expected the Winter Soldier to, to, to be mentioned in this movie because the Winter Soldier is a Russian brainwashed assassin. The fact that I don't mention him whatsoever in the Russian movie, I'm like, they, he didn't have to be in the movie because he would be in Wakanda at this point. But the fact that they don't mention, like, oh, we tried this in a different scenario with the Winter Soldier or something like that. Like, well, it, it's just the, weird to me. Well, isn't in the... So in the movie... So this, w- this was weird to me. So... Uh, Winter Soldier, I think in the movies, is just retconned to be a Hydra soldier, not a, not a Russian soldier. Yeah. Um, I guess that's true. He, But he was, like, stationed in Russia. Right. But and and by the Russia third film, we Hy- see that he was... Hydra moves to Russia. Right. So so what we see in this in, in, in this film, they say that Alexei and Melina uh, had gotten help with the super soldier serum from Hydra, mm-hmm. working together. So the, the thing that we see in Civil War with the other super soldiers... Um, is related to whatever Alexi and yes. uh, Melina was doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was the kind of thing where I was like, oh, so there is actually a, a connection here, but they didn't. It it's not important to the movie, so they don't spend a lot of time on yeah. it. But that was a little little kind of question. I would have like I I hear you. I hear like 
wanting a little more of that and and I, I kind of wish it was expanded on, but like more than anything, I just wish Dracoff was a stronger presence. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, so like yeah. totally. so like that for for me, I'm like that's fine. Like yeah. we don't actually see him him until the very end of the movie. We see his hand on a console. That's about it. We see. I mean, again, we see him in the beginning. Yeah, yeah Dracoff's in the beginning when they land up. Yeah, we. But see it's him. for like a minute, and he seems like a good guy in there. Honestly, when we first see him for a hot second, I thought it was just some random Russian general for He's the, the main Union. antagonist uh, of the movie. You know what? This uh, this actually all circles around something that I do want to bring up, which is that the tone of this film is set by something that I don't feel like the rest of the film pays off on and it's the trafficking of girls. Um, oh, you want to talk about the Nirvana opening, cover? Which the opening credits, which this has opening credits, uh, which is cool, really sets up a particular type of image and I think that it is doing a lot of the legwork of trying to say what the emotional stakes for these characters are supposed to be that the rest of the film is not allowing the characters to reflect on. I agree. I and thought that's what really gets to me about Dracoff is that I'm like, the association of that yes. is so dark and I don't feel like it's present enough, even as like again, we're we're kind of like just we're talking about these things rather than like showing how these things actually directly affect them. It's the Falcon Winter Soldier thing, sure. Yeah, and, like they won't really go into it. And again, like I think the opening, I like the opening credit sequence. I think it's interesting they use the Nirvana song and I they am, they uh, yeah. deliberately leave out the word libido, but they keep in other silly words that are in that thing. Like Marvel's just silly sometimes. Um, but yeah, it set a tone that the rest of the movie wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I was expecting it, like, because, like, I was really impressed by that opening thing. I'm like, oh, shit, is this going to be, like, really dark? And it's not. It's not. Um, but I guess, like, hey, you could just be stylish if you want for two minutes. That's cool. Yeah. Um, let me see about my notes. Anything else we want to talk about? Uh, yeah, there's a real big one. I want to talk about the Ross in the room. Um, what do you mean? He's not even there. Yeah, that's my problem. Uh, so... There was just no reason to call Ross at the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, Because they clearly shot that scene. Clearly they shot a scene that he was supposed to get out of the vehicle and have a conversation or something with her because we saw it. Um, I was waiting to see how she got away from Shield, or not Shield, from Ross and his yeah. team when in, in this wreckage of the Sky she Fortress. She changed her hair color. And, and then she's just gone. I'm like, she waits for Ross. <sighs> yes, yeah, she that's waits for Ross. I'm like, what is going to happen here? Is so this, so is, my thing was that, like, okay, so, like, if we're not going to do a scene with Ross, let's just not show calling Ross as I important. Don't, I don't mind the beginning. No, I don't either. That's no, not my problem. I, I'm talking I, about the ending only. The yeah. ending doesn't work for me because we know that Black Widow was never arrested to go to the raft. And even the movie tells you, oh, no, she didn't go to the raft. Why not? If she w- specifically waited for Ross. And right. Then waited because for we are not shown a scene that was filmed before. And I'm like, fine, it's cool if you want to cut that scene. Also, just cut Ross. Cut the mention yeah. of ca- of sending out a distress signal to him. Let them handle this on their own. Know yeah. that they're doing it on their own mission. And then at the end, have her say her goodbye and that be the end of that. And then cut to a couple weeks later, she changed it. Don't even have me think about the Ross thing if we're not going to figure that out. I, it's I, fine that you decided to cut that scene. Like, don't have him. Yeah. I was really left a little deflated after... It felt like it was building to a moment there and then it just stops. The movie just stops and says, oh, two weeks later. And I'm like... So what? So we get that scene, like like if Ross doesn't show up, and it's two weeks later, and it's just her looking at her Infinity War. And it's like I'm gonna go do the Infinity War now, and just the last shot of the movie is just her in a, in a well, right, she Quinjet because she has to break. She, they say that she has to break out the the people in the raft, but Steve Captain Rogers America did does. that. So there's a, this is my other thing. Um, I appreciated that we only got a vocal a vocal cameo from Hawkeye. Yeah. Um, and it could have even just been recycled, um, dialogue. Uh, although we know from frog that <laughs> they're not opposed to just recording s- s- little new snippets um <laughs> but um i kind of i take out the take out her friend 
and have the person showing up at the end be Captain America. Because we, because again, and in Civil they War, they just like, weren't going to open up a new contract with him. But at the end, you're right. But like at the end of Civil War, like we know he has the Quinjet and with with the Winter Soldier, and we know that he breaks the, the people out of the raft. Yep. So like, have her be a part of that. It's again, that she was part of that mission. They had like the ending. You're like, well, how do we get there? And like, does it make sense? No, but she's dead, so who cares? Get rid of the dude. Get rid of her, her friend. He doesn't. And the shitty thing impact is, like, the movie at all. I think he has a good personality, and I like like he's cheeky. But again, they don't even give him a name. Like he's a, he's a nothing. You character. take out the movie, there is nothing about. Sorry, <laughs> you take out the character, and nothing about the movie changes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I just I, I just feel like the the ending kind of like just goes out like a wet fart in yep. a way, and I'm like, that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, because I like everything about. Like up into the the moment where the rest of the family leaves with the other widows, the uh, middle of I the movie, I think everything's like cool. Yeah. And then and then it's just like, all right, waiting for Ross. Nope, never mind. Oh, Infinity War setup, fireflies. Yeah, like halfway into this movie, like when all the characters are have met and they're doing their stuff, I'm like, man, this movie's awesome. I'm loving what's happening right mm-hmm. now. So, but then we get back to like the bad guys. So Mag actually has a question for us. Mag, Mag, uh, why do you always do that? Because he's in my space. He's interested. <laughs> Personal space, Ben. That's fair. Um, Mag says, any Easter eggs you guys find? Um, not too many. I mean, not I too many. It, I watched it once. So. I've only seen it once. I didn't Us. see any. I didn't see any big ones. My, I have a pretty good Marvel eye. This yeah. was pretty much. Oh yes, there, there. Ursa Major is in this movie. He's the guy in prison. Uh, uh, he calls the big guy. He calls him a bear. Like, like David Harbour oh. says, oh, he's a bear. And he I, goes, is that the I guy saw who gets it. his arm broke? Yes, I okay. saw it. I'll accept it. Yeah. I'm not happy about I'm it. I'm not happy about it because he told me Ursa was in the movie. I wanted a bear, man. Um, I wanted a bear. Yeah, um, there fine. is a Crimson Dynamo. They call Red Guardian Crimson yeah. Dynamo. Yes, that's a cute that's a cute thing. Yeah. Um that but that there's not a whole lot that I noticed. So I've read every again, it's not because like I, I read a thousand comics, it's because they haven't made many. I've read every Black Widow comic that's come out in the last ten years. They didn't do a goddamn thing with any of her Black Widow comics. Dracov is an original character. He's not from the comics. They didn't pull anything from the right, comics they were except working, for Yelena. They were working backwards from that interrogation scene. Yes. Behind Avengers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's which you never needed to. No, nope. yeah, you never needed to. Um, they could have done like there's a, there's like a great uh, there's the Phil Noto arc that I really like where like there's an evil organization called Chaos K A O S and like they could have done something like that like they could have done something but it's just like oh we're gonna do the one thing everyone knows her from it's the Red Room it's the thing that everyone knows I'm like I guess sure I get like, it like I said I, I kind of like the idea of, of the Red Room yeah, the evil version of our character like every other origin well, movie <laughs> well I mean honestly I've never minded that um but I I did like. I, I, I do like the idea of Dracov's daughter being a ghost uh, to Natasha. And I, I like the idea that the Red Room is still there, even though she thinks it's supposed to be I, gone. I yeah. think it's served better in this film than any other. Again, remove the Taskmaster thing. Let's just talk about it being Dracov's daughter. Yeah. Uh, about this, like, let's let, if she had been the Red Widow or something and served the exact same purpose, couldn't talk, but countered her in all these ways for the action set pieces... The fact that it is Dracov's daughter and we learn that Dracov's daughter is the thing that is the collateral she had to pay to become a member of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. and leave her life as a widow uh, in the Red Room, like being haunted by that literally uh, in her moment and look having to look at the reflection of like the past, no matter how much she's done to be a hero that she can't uh, get away from. Super good. Yes. Yes. Super great thematic idea. Yes. Uh, shouldn't have been Taskmaster. No. But... 
I, I think that is a smart call. And uh, I wish, I honestly wish there had been a little bit longer of an action beat between the two of them at the end of the film where she's trying to help her and can't kill her, mm-hmm. but this person wants, has to kill her. Um, I wish I had been able to fluff that out. It, it ended a little faster than I wanted it to, even though it would have been more of more or less the same. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, another thing I just thought was really funny, uh, right before the Taskmaster fight, Red Guardian's like, Melina, if this is the last time I... Oh, you're gone. Yeah. <laughs> or just him trying to talk to Natasha, and it's like, you don't have an earpiece. I yeah. Mean, like, man, like... <laughs> The comedy is so good, and yeah. like the, the supporting cast is so strong, uh, and it's like you got so much stuff up here, but then you got stuff down here. So I'm like, oh man, yeah. it's still, uh, it's, it's, it's uh, uh, can't it all be even? Shall we even Stevens? Shall we rate? Mm. Is there anything else you guys want to bring up? Or? Uh, one thing I just want to touch on very lightly is that there are some shots in this movie that I thought were really weird, just the it, the way it was shot, the angles were kind of weird. Um, I don't know if you guys thought s- thought of any of that. Not really. No. It, there's just like some that. close-ups and some like shots of like, random things. I'm like, why is are you are we focusing? Ben, if you on don't that? mind, can I ask? Um, did you go you go see this in theaters? Theaters, yes. Okay, I was just curious. Good, 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 good. good, good. Yes. Uh, all right. Should I rate it? it? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, well, Ben, why don't you rate it first? Seven. Seven. Uh, Ryan. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a seven point five. Okay. Good, not great. Good, not great. Sparks. Yeah, I just I, I'm gonna give quick final thoughts if that's okay. Yeah. Um, I just I think that uh, the the shittiest thing about this is that there's no way to work around the fact that what we're doing is having to build up a character's essentially a character's origin film and a thing where we've been piecemealing it through all the other movies and then also killed her already. So like you're just having to kind of shoehorn this in and there's just there's just no getting around that and that's just crappy. It sucks. Uh, and and like the the context of the of the wider world around this film for Natasha is a bummer. Because th- this shows how much more there could have been done with this. Um, for Yelena and for the others, it's like, hey, great. I'm super, like, great foundation. Here we go. Take off. Thank Let's God go. they didn't kill any of those characters that can all show up again. <coughs> right. Absolutely. Oh, like, great open roads for all of them. Um, for Natasha, it's kind of a bittersweet thing. And that there's just, there's no world where you get around that. Um, and it's a it's a shame that that's that's kind of one of the biggest things like pulling this movie back that and like the villain Drake off specifically yeah. for me uh, needed to be stronger again. Like it just didn't need to be taskmaster. Listen, Natasha, that. Natasha um, was a poser anyway. So like, you know, but, uh, but, but I wish that, you know, that villain force had just been like actually driven home as like the representation of all the grossness that we're told time and again, what Natasha has gone through. Like this, this is the guy behind all of that yeah. for so many women. I wanted that to have the impact that I fe- it makes feel me wonder. Like just, Punched it all the way home. If, if the movie was originally going to be that, and they were like, "It don't go so hard." Yeah, I, I I forgot to. Sorry, Sparks. Real quick. No, it's I, okay. I, I did forget to ask. Was there anything we wanted to say about Val? No, because we, th- we know nothing about her. I know, but does this? So we weren't. I know we were. We were kind of not crazy about her in Falcon Winter Soldier. This doesn't really do anything to help um, that. I oh. said to Ryan... Oh, Julie Louise Dreyfus. Yes, I was like, yes. who the hell is Val? Uh, Val Kilmer, the trailer we watched. I, I said to Ryan that I'm like, honestly, if this was supposed to come out first, I'm kind of glad her introduction was in Falcon and Winter Soldier because it felt like a better introduction to me than, yeah. than this was. Yeah. Um, that's me. Um, so uh, we talked about her very briefly. Um, I'm still under the assumption that she's creating either the Dark Avengers or Thunderbolts or some combination of the two. Um, I think now that I don't think th- she says, "Oh, your next target's Hawkeye." I don't think she's gonna kill Hawkeye. I think she's trying to recruit Hawkeye. 
I don't think it's either. I think she's going to try to kill Hawkeye at first, and then she's going to team up with Hawkeye mm. about whatever's going on in that show. Yeah. Uh. Uh. I. I. I just. I. I don't know what to think of her yet. I'm still I, not sure I don't if she's think good Renner, or evil. I don't think Renner sticks around after the Hawkeye show. I hope he doesn't. Oh, no it. offense yeah. to you, Jeremy Renner. He's, his character has literally been trying to retire for like four movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, his character did retire. Then he was brought back in. His character has retired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Sparks, what would, what would the rating be for you? Uh, 7.5. So we got 7, 7.5, 7.5. Uh, I'm actually going to go 8.8. Eight. Wow, eight. nice. Um, I really enjoyed this, uh, despite my flaws. Um, my my in my impressions may change in the future, but I'm sure in two years I'll s- I'll still hate Jake off, but I'll be less sad about her being a dead character. Yeah, as you know, as things smooth over, your opinions smooth over as over time. Uh, yeah. Mag has one final comment before we get into our book club. He says timeline post credits guesses probably means when do we think the post credits take place? I after just think Endgame. an indiscriminate time after uh, after Endgame. Yep, I, I suspect I suspect probably like moments. Not moments, sorry. Uh, like within a month before the Hawkeye show takes place, whenever that is. Yeah. Uh, which I would suspect is probably like three months after Endgame. Okay. Uh, all right. Shall we get into our book club then? Yes. Book, book it. All right. We are doing book club. It's my turn this week. I picked Murder Falcon by Danny Warren Johnson with colors by M- Mike Spicer. Um, so what do we think about this guy? Do you guys want to go first? Ben, go first. Ben? Oh, I go first? Um, so I was listening to the episode last week, and I know you guys were super hot on Snagopus. I, w- I was too. And I remember Sparks saying that that was probably this, his favorite book of the year so far. I think this one is also going to be in the top right for one of my favorite books of the year, because I freaking love this. Is definitely, this. this is definitely more of a Ben book than Snagopus. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I love Snagglepuss, Snaggle but God. I mean, this is practically Ben on the cover. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I loved this book. Holy shit. Yeah. Ryan? I think, it's a, I think it's a good time. It's, it's, it's a good, it's, it's, it's why I read comics. It's a big fun time. Yeah. Sparks? Very colorful. Yeah. Uh, this is my favorite read of the year. Wow, nice. I love Ooh, it. Oh, all right. Um, I adored this book. Um, I cried at the end when, uh, uh, so spoilers for this comic book that we're going to be talking about. Um, th- the main character does die, um, and when he's when he's talking to his wife in a, in her dreams, um, there are no words, baby. Thank you for everything. Just tears streamed down my face. I couldn't control it. I haven't had uh, such emotional reactions in any excitable way because I love every splash page. Um, I really love what this comic is doing. It's it's big. It's bold. It's gorgeous. Um, I was cheering. I was crying. I was uh, so 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 into everything about this book. Um, this is this this book was incredible to me. Like when the in the very first pages when you see Jake and he puts the guitar on, he's and it's like and you see Murder Falcon because I had because when he said, "Hey, I'm gonna do a book called Murder Falcon," I'm like, "What the hell is Murder Falcon?" I was what? recommended this by Kirk, who said it was. Great. I had no idea what I was in for, and then when he you see Jake put the guitar on, he's like. I will save you with the power of metal. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be one hell of a ride already. My favorite, my favorite splash page is the one where Murder Falcon is riding the Mastodon. Now that the, now that Joe has has found the base, mm-hmm. um, and the Mastodon and, and and Murder Falcon says, "Faster than a laser bullet, louder than an atom bomb." As oh. he as the as the splats the uh the the monster the the, the, the Veldar the Veldar, um, gorgeous splash. What's this pages. book about, Brandon? So this book is about a uh, a, a gentleman named Jake. Um, who g- 
gets uh, a magical axe that can summon Murder Falcon from the heavy. And the more he plays, the stronger Murder Falcon gets. And he has to get his band back together uh, because they also have instruments um, that will summon other creatures to help fight the Veldar, which are being, uh, which are, are creatures that are um, invading our world because they want to feed off our despair. And metal is the only thing to fight back because it is the opposite of despair. Um, so ba- basically, yeah, what about Magnum Chaos? That's the bad guy's name, right? Magnum Chaos. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, I really. Anything else you guys want to say? So I don't know what else <laughs> I can say besides the fact I just okay. Um, let me, can I see your book real quick? Yeah, There's this. Ahead. I want to say it's at the end of the fr- or near the end of the first issue when I knew for a fact I was gonna love this book is when Murder Falcon murders a monster and then Jake's like, "What next?" and he goes, "Beer." <laughs> like that they're drinking like, yeah. beer, they're listening to he- they're listening to metal. It's one of those. This is one of those books that I I love how they take uh, music and they just they glorify it. They go, but they glorify it in a way um, how it's like this is what music makes you feel. What music's supposed to do makes you feel, and it's not just metal. At the end of the book, you get the Tokyo uh, Philharmonic oh, Orchestra, yeah. so it's not just like some of the giant samurai. So cool. Yeah, it's not just metal because um, I still feel that even today, metal kind of gets um, it, there's a stigma to the to the music genre. As in, you see a lot of skulls, you see a lot of death, you see a lot of hail Satan and all that and all that crap. Hail Satan. When really metal is just a form of music that people really love, and you get all this like we will shred with the metal, and it's just rad. It's just awesome. I absolutely love the art and the, the art. So Mike Spicer, he did the colors, right? Mike Spicer did the colors, yes. Did uh, Daniel Warren Jones draw this as well, or Daniel, Daniel Warren, Warren Johnson? Johnson is sorry, the, is the as the writer and artist. I, mean, I love. He's the doing art. Uh, Beta Ray Bill right now. Yeah, awesome. I mean, the art in this book is just it, it's, it's metal. So the it's the, so the, good. the sequences, the action sequences are fueled by music, and music is is a hard is a is a really hard thing to draw in a comic book and so you really so but his artwork is so dynamic and, it, and it, you really see the movements in the artwork and you kind of feel almost like rather than hearing it you kind of like feel it you feel the emotion that the music is trying to drive with the action sequences and that's all done through art and i think that's i think that's one of the one of the major points about this is the art yeah so uh, another part of this book i love is uh, it's like the third page in is when jake shows up the officer's like who are you he's like i am jake well you can't kill it i don't need weapons officer I brought metal. It's such a Ben comic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this yes, book, it is. This I book love definitely. It. Um, this isn't. This is gonna sound weird for me. I think this book for me, it's a little too much, uh, because it starts at a ten. Yeah, I know it's weird for me to say. Mm-hmm. It, but when you start at a ten and it's a ten for eight issues, uh, I, for me, just for me, it loses some of the some of the emotional connection because I think it's just trying to be big at all times. Mm-hmm. Even though I like the band stuff, getting the band back together, but mm-hmm. just like when it, when you're defeating like your 300th splash page, it just starts to fade into all. It all looks the same to me after a while. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. I, I guess I can understand that. I I did not feel that feel that way for me. Uh, I think the escalation, like as you say, it does start at the 10, but I think it it escalates with each splash page. Um, the and the emotion and the emotion of it really snuck up on me because I wasn't sure, um, like the moments where he gets back together with his wife, the the when the when the other dude loses his entire band mm-hmm. and goes to find Bruticus, um, and they uh, have to, team and they have to team up, and then the 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 wife gets the microphone uh, and the summons this giant wolf. Um, yeah, <laughs> I awesome. think, well, uh, I I think the escalation, um, just kind of like, yeah, I. I really like this. So one thing, all right. So one of the re- another one of the reasons why I love this book so much is that 
you're given information and your brain goes into a certain direction. Like when there's a flashback scene, I want to say in, in issue one or issue two, where you see Anne for the first time. Well, the ca- and then the you cancer. Get, yeah, you get married and the, or they get married and then it's the hospital scene. So you're thinking, oh, Anne's dead. Mm-hmm. No. And then as the book goes on, you realize, oh, she's not dead. And then, oh, it was Jake who got sick. Mm-hmm. And that progression, to me, propelled these characters a little bit more forward for me because I thought it was just Jake mad at the fact that his wife died and he couldn't feel the music anymore. But instead that he was the one who got sick and he pushed everyone away and it's him telling his bandmates, I'm sorry I pushed you away. And even when he's talking to um, Chaos at the end of the or near the end of the book where he's like, yeah, this was the part where the, it was the worst moment in my life where I found out I had cancer. But my best friend Johan is going to show up in a thirty second, in half an hour, to help me. Uh, Sparks, you haven't said much. Um, I think the art is really cool. The world is really cool. The idea of the heavy and all that I think is really great. Uh, I don't really want to say a whole bunch about this because I don't need to be negative on something you guys are high on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think the story of Jake is told very well. Mm-hmm. I think the emotion of it is kind of bad. Um, I'll I'll sum it up as this. I liked it better when I thought that Anne was dead because it made the character make more sense. Once it was revealed that he was the one who was sick, the whole story kind of becomes a whole bunch of like not a lot of him actually doing anything to make up for his shittiness as a person, but instead people being like, oh, but Jake, you're great and you're dying, so we're going to be nice to you. And Anne comes along and Anne's like, man, I got to make it up to you, though, because you clearly felt like you had to push me away, so I got to fix it. And I'm like, that's not actually how this works. Um so I that the actual like core emotion of Jake throughout the story doesn't land for me because he's kind of a self-involved dick. Uh, that's me. That's that not dick is maybe too strong. Um, he's a self-involved uh, jerk, kind of putting it upon other people his his baggage and not taking enough responsibility for no, it. No, that's that's perfectly and valid. that's supposed to be the emotional core of the story. Um, and it doesn't work for me. It okay. doesn't resonate. Oh no, that that's totally valid, dude. Totally valid. Yeah. I was hoping we'd find something that all four of us like. I'm sorry, but like the story just it did it didn't speak to me. It it very much just rubbed me. If not the, the right art way. wasn't as good, I would be way more negative. On I this. do think the art does propel the book mm-hmm. for me in a lot of places. Like I talked about, the world's really really how, cool. How kinetic the art is. Um, from you know, as much as I do really like the emotional story beats of this book, um, unfortunately, I don't agree with Sparks. But the uh, that's the, fine. The thing about like having this artwork be so kinetic, um, and Having it be such a an audio story, like it really needs audio to yeah. like really drive home the story. I but for can't this can't wait for art, this to be an animated series. For, oh yes, um, but for this artwork to kind of like show that 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 um, uh, that that type of uh, 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 kineticism with and and the music and everything, I think that really helps this book flow a lot. Um, there is a, a Spotify playlist. Danny Warren Johnson created a Spotify playlist for the music that inspired this book. Um, mostly hair metal. So if you guys like hair metal, like Iron Maiden, things like that. I personally went with something a little heavier when I when I decided to listen to some metal after this book because I <laughs> got in a huge metal mood. I was listening to metal on the way over here, to be perfectly honest. I was After I was done reading this book, I'm like, damn, I need to listen to some Dragon Force or Sabaton. Just something. Yeah, I'm definitely now very interested in more of Danny Warren Johnson's books. I own Wonder Woman Dead Earth, which is his Black Label book. Check out Extremity, which he won an Eisner for, apparently. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check that one out. And uh, Beta Ray Bill, when that comes out in trade, I'm going to pick that up. Because I heard that was good. One more thing. I love how Ryan James Dio... Ushers him into the. Oh, I was gonna. Oh, I was gonna ask if Brandon knew who that was. I oh. didn't. I was actually interested in. Yeah, I was that's, gonna ask. That, that's Ryan James Dio. Okay, cool. Not Dio Brando. 
but Rodney mm-hmm. James Dean. Did Kay. you recognize the statue of the guy holding the the Ace of Spades? No. Okay, that's a uh, Lemmy from Motorhead. Cool. Rest in peace. Um, I think the th- the one character thing that worked for me in this book was I forget his friend. I think it's Lewis, but he says like, "Hey, man, you got to realize like you're not the only one with pain." And I'm like, "That's really nice." Johan. Johan. Yeah. Johan. Thank you. I, yeah. And that's uh, that's. M- that was kind of like I thought that was a good moment. I just don't feel like Jake actually takes that to heart in the no, rest I of the story, and no, that's that's my issue, especially in his encounter with Anne, where like literally the moment where he goes to like talk to Anne and like say, "Sorry, I was shitty." Anne's like, "Let me stop you right there and talk about how I was shitty for letting you shut me out." And I'm like, "Yep, yeah, it was uh, all right." Um, it's got a big robot arm. So yeah, cool. just uh, just a little more shallow on like uh, we'll talk about this rather than uh, uh, develop it. And I'm yep. like, uh, it just didn't work for me. What was the creature's name? The the snake creature that hurt the ship. Oh, that oh, that Jimmy brings out the drummer. Alex, Alexios, Alexios, Alex, Alex Otto. Alexar, Alexar, Alexar. Yeah, um, yeah. Her dad also has Alzheimer's, and that was sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't come back again. Um, yeah, it's important. See. Yeah the the the, the music the the musical instruments are are really are really. Uh, coolly designed. I really like um, the the Tokyo Philharmonic um, mm-hmm. when they show up um, with the samurai and the the tanks. And I think all that's really cool. Um, the girl has the the drummer has the floating drum set. I think mm-hmm. that's a, that's a cool visual. I was I I wasn't joking. Like I think like like I think of Invincible. Like I think if this this were turned into like like an epic like miniseries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think it like oh uh, like Gendy Tartakovsky. Make should Ooh, make this. Yes, yeah. yes. That's I think the art's really, really great. Yeah, um, and you need you, you need cool like world. a a real metal band mm-hmm. to do the music. I love how also. Girls. I love how all the main characters who we, who get time a real metal band Spice Girls. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> One of the things I love is how all of them have different instruments. Like you have the Philharmonic, who the the guy who has the violin, obviously, um, and sings, and you got a bunch of guitarists here and there. But then once uh, the one lady in Tokyo, she busts out a guitar. Mm-hmm. I'm like. Just all the music. Or the cowbell that summons the herd yep. of cows. Honestly, <laughs> my favorite character was like was was the Kiss band, who all of his friends died, and he's the last remaining guy. He was the coolest Whisper guy. Wood. Yeah, he, that dude that. was the coolest guy. W- and he hands up the microphone. Is like I always thought Rudikus should have a front man, a front woman, a front woman. Yeah, yeah. And I, and just, like just screaming. Such a oh, such kinetic artwork. I love mm-hmm. just so kinetic. much. I agree entirely about art. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's all I got. Then anything else you guys want to add before that? Or should we get out of here? No, sir. Sparks, it is your book club. <gasps> he knows what it is for sure. Something is killing the children, volume one. Oh my god! Oh. I'm gonna get to read those those first six issues. We're again. not gonna wait for the first for the first episode. It's gonna be two years, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, we're gonna <laughs> talk about something is killing the children, volume one. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, all right. I so love Buffy. Something is killing the children, volume one. Check that out. Next week, as well as next week, we're not going to be talking about Space Jam and New Legacy. I know you're all disappointed. None of us want to see it. Um, I mean, it's true. I do. <laughs> I do. I, I want to watch some Looney Tunes. I, I might watch it on HBO, but if... It I will free. watch it. I keep forgetting it's free. I yeah. will watch it. I'll tell you about it when I watch it. Um, we are, in fact, going to be reviewing Gunpowder Milkshake, which also comes out next week oh. uh, on Wednesday. Right. Uh, that's the Karen, Karen Gillen, Gillen. Um, uh, new movie. So, yeah. Check that out next week. And... Um, <laughs> Coming up is Milkshakes. Snake Eyes and then Jungle Book. Snake Eyes oh is coming yeah. out so soon? Yeah. Man, I just don't care. <laughs> man, uh, maybe we I won't be reviewing it. No, really we're reviewing it. I really just wish it didn't look so generic. I just, I, man, man, I like you, Henry, Henry Golden, but like, man. He's the only reason I want to go to that movie, and yeah. that's a bummer. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is that is mine, too. Well, some are weaving. Um, all right. Anyway, so that'll do it. So stay tuned. So what am I doing? Right, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> 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 so stay tuned for that next week's conversation. Uh, so, okay. 
gonna plug some sh- some stuff for you guys. Um, obviously, if you guys listen to the uh, to this on audio and you like listening to podcasts on audio, um, check out my show Conversation that is up on uh, its own audio feed, um, where I I talked about I talked with Michael Hahn from the GD podcast and Mom Fears My podcast. That is the Gamer Dads podcast. Um, next week I'm talking to Andy Palastides. Uh, I will remember what how to pronounce it after I would listen to the episode again. <laughs> And, of course, you can check out our other shows on this channel. If you're watching the video or you just like videos, um, check out our YouTube, cha- uh, YouTube page. Uh, make sure to like this video and subscribe to this channel. You can check out our other shows, such as Fake Nerds Watch. We are currently going through, we've mentioned it before, Loki. We're currently going through Loki. Choo-choo! Um, ben and I are considering doing a Transformers War for Cybertron. That we are. Fake Nerds Watch special uh, for Season 2 and 3. Um, I forgot what Season 2 is called. That's fun. I'm uh, sh- I forgot to. Oh, Robots <laughs> on planet Cybertron. Um, so more fake news watch, obviously, coming your way. Uh, based on Arcade, now that we are able to do more in person, we're probably going to figure out when we can do Mortal Kombat. Oh, my God, please. Uh, so <laughs> stay tuned for that. And, of course, based on Arcade Pause Menu mm-hmm. is another show. That's I can't audio and video. show you guys my arcana. <laughs> I, uh, that's dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, of course, the Fake Nerd Book Club currently on Hayes. Um, you can check that out on this on this channel. And, of course, Animation Station, ben, uh, Sparks' new show. Um, you can check that out. Is Kang there? <laughs> <laughs> Not Dang at that it. station. Not at that station? Okay. Um, Why don't you guys just do Transformers on that? Animation Station? Yeah, it's animated. Well, because it's yours. I don't care. I'm not going to be on every episode of it. It's animated. Oh, okay. oh. Ben's not going to be on every episode of Pause Menu. Huh? Damn, you hear that, Ben? Well, I mean, if... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Are you going to play it? Miles Morales soon? I didn't think so. <laughs> oh. I don't have a PS5. Guess How what? Could I? Neither did I when I played it. Neither did I when I played it. Damn. Sucks to suck. All of those shows are at the link, are 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 around in this channel. Check it out. Subscribe to us. Whatever. Crafted by Z. We have some mass still doing it. The Delta variant, guys. Who knew? Hey, we're gonna get a FISA booster. <laughs> hey, <laughs> That's uh, what I heard. Hey, I'm just glad when I was sick last week, it wasn't the COVID, and I know because I got tested. Well, we do still have masks. We have a couple left. You can check them out at Crafted by Z. That's linked below. Um, check out our com- uh, uh, Fake Nerd Podcast masks, and of course our Patreon. We got four tiers on that Patreon. If you kind of like us tier, which is just one dollar, you don't get anything yet. I might figure something out later. Um, our five dollar tier, where you get some things. As soon as I can figure that out. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Not solid, Brandon. The, ten, the, the $10 tier, guys. The $10 tier is the tier that I know what to do with. There we go. Um, because that is the, our T-shirt tier. Uh, we have partnered with, uh, with someone uh, to, co- to the T-shirts. The, the, the uh, Stephen King is my best friend. There we go. Sure, I almost said Ben Magnus is my best friend. Um, I mean, yes. Are you? One of them. Aren't you my best friend? Put it yeah. on a T-shirt. Well, not actually. It's not um, on a T-shirt. It's not real. That's true. Um, that's gone. <laughs> the orders are in. Should be getting those. So for anybody who, who ordered them, should be getting them. But the new shirt up there, don't be a dick. <laughs> in the nope. style of Looney Tunes. Speaking of Looney Tunes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's it. Go. I'm not doing more. Um, <laughs> speaking of Looney Tunes, uh, uh, Space Jam is coming. So, you know, go go to Space Jam with a don't be a dick t-shirt. Yeah. Timely. <laughs> Um, I won't have the orders in by then, so <laughs> sorry. Don't do that. <laughs> um, T Public, would we get other shirts and the, you know things like that? So all of our logos have shirts. Um, you know, I'd rather be a fake fan than a than a than a true. F- just yeah, true I'd nerd. rather be a fake nerd than a real than a true fan. That there you go. There Thank it you. is. Even I stumbled um, upon that. Bloody hell. That's linked below, and of course you can check out our website at www.fakenerdpodcast.com. All of those are linked below and on our website, which is linked below as well. 
Thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to everyone who watches. Real quickly, I'm going to see about... Yep, Mag does say... Um, Mag says, stay safe and catch you later, FMP. Awesome. Shouts to my friend John Bradley, who appeared briefly in the chat tonight. Yeah. Mm. Love that guy. Um, Thanks, friends. Uh, he, uh, he showed his daughter, Black Widow, but she's watching the MCU recently, so she hadn't seen Infinity War yet, so they didn't <gasps> watch the post-credits. So she just watched Black Widow like where it's supposed to happen. Oh, that's oh. cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, Mag says, going to be exhausted but rewarded for two-day Universal and day three beach day. <gasps> nice. Oh. Oh. Enjoy it. Mag, send me pictures of Super Nintendo World, what they're doing, please. Um, so thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to everyone who watches the live stream. Thank you to everyone who watches the replay. Um, we just appreciate you guys. Thank you to Jeremy Vellucci, who does our interim music, which you've heard throughout the episode. Um, you can find him at Jeremy Vellucci Keyboards. Yes. You can find his podcast, Suburban Proctologist Official. Sorry, Suburban Proctologist. But you can find that at Facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist Official or Instagram at Subproc Podcast. You can find it on iTunes, obviously. Thank you to Mike Matola. Mike's a great guy who does a lo- who's done three logos for us and a couple of um, um, Mike's Impossible Trivia Challenges. You know, He was at Comic-Con with us. You can find him at Mike Matola. Um, hopefully get more things from him soon. Yeah. Oh, I'm out of breath. Woo. Almost there. <laughs> You're right there, buddy. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Fickner Podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with us, uh, guys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ben? You can find me screaming into the void about how bad the flight controls are at Super Mario 64 at BenMagnet27 on Instagram and Twitter. And also, like we said at the very beginning of the show, I write for Old School Gamer Magazine. My newest article about me and Sonic the Hedgehog is up on this website right now. So you can go and check it out. Ryan? You're going to stand there owning a fireworks stand and tell me you don't have any whistling bungholes, no spleen splinters, whiskey biscuits, honey honkers, whiskey do's, whiskey don'ts, cherry bombs, nippy dazers, ones without the scooter sticks or ones without whiskey kitty chasers? At DJ Tony Snark. Where the hell is that from? Joe Dirt. Okay. Uh, Sparks? Uh, you can find me singing the praises of my friend Luigi Jansen for working on the Black Widow score at Sparks Winnie on Instagram and Twitter. Also watching Shark Week, which I'm really sad that I wasn't wearing my shirt for this, but I'm watching Shark Week this week. Imagine he's wearing a shark. Back. He's wearing a shirt shirt. Says I, I wait all year for this week. For you all, for you audio listeners, is. he is wearing a shark shirt. Shirk, shirk, shark. I wish. Shirk, shark. I don't um, know where it went. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcast, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Like this video, subscribe to this channel, and until next week, guys, stay fitness. <laughs>